0: So we are recording. Um, I still haven't thought of a joke, but you're starting us off, so okay. I'll, I'll I'll get there. <laughs> you got time. Previously on Booze and Buffy. So so we've got our setup. Buffy's in the hospital. She's very very sick. Um, that night there's this, a little boy standing in her doorway like a fucking creep. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um, and then we get our first shot of uh And uh, she's like,
2: oh, he made you a drawing. And you think like, oh, this is gonna be like so sweet. But no, it's Buffy standing over like the bloody corpse of the monster. And nobody
0: questions it. That's how the episode ends. Um, and here's the thing. There was no glide. She snapped its neck. So this kid just decided to he add bellish he of embellished
2: <laughs> Welcome back to booze and buffy a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one and we will have spoilers for the current episode that we're on but we will do our absolute best not to spoil anything further in the series I'm Jason and I'm very glad that I brought my lunch to school today <laughs>
0: and i'm harrison and i had to step out of the room during a certain snake-filled scene for this episode jason tell us what episode are we watching today we're watching the with snakes <laughs> we're watching season two
2: episode 19 i only have eyes for you this is the one where a poltergeist from 1955 is haunting sunnydale high just in time for the sadie b hawkins dance
1: Sadie Hawkins dance uh-huh. I
0: know I wanted to make the community reference <laughs> um, I only have eyes for you was written by Marty noxon and directed by James Whitmore jr. and originally aired on April 24th
1: 1989
0: 1998 1998 <laughs> wow all right uh,
1: cue the intro
2: music <laughs> <laughs> Booze
0: and Buffy So, Jason, we are joined by a very special guest this week. Would you like to introduce him? Because he's your best friend. I would like to introduce him, but you're you're one of my best friends too. Okay, I, I don't need you to blow smoke out my ass. <laughs> okay,
2: um, we are joined today by Mr. Ben Gerhardt, who has guest starred before with Ink and Mummy Girl. Uh... But yeah, he's. Uh, this is very. This is very fun for me because when I started watching Buffy randomly on Hulu one day, uh, I was like, "Oh, they only have so much of the series on there." And Ben not only was very happy to uh, encourage me to keep watching Buffy, but he also said, "Like, I have Buffy and Angel on DVD, so you can watch that."
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to be back and glad to be watching a good episode. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> those of you who listened to Inca Mummy Girl, which incidentally is one of our like highest like most listened to episodes. Really? That's yeah. Funny. I don't I was going to be like, I don't know why, but like but I also don't know why. People love those <laughs> uh, sweet dulcet <laughs> vowels that Ben provides. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Um so but those of you who listened to that episode may remember that part of my um we, we brought Ben on to discuss uh, the racist stuff, but uh, part of my apology to him <laughs> for making him sit through a really shitty episode was, it was just like, just pick any episode you want, and this is the one that you picked, Ben.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just uh, for the listeners, for us, what, what about this particular episode really drew you in?
3: Um, so I have all the same favorite episodes as anyone else, like, you know, the big ones that have huge plot moments. Um, uh, I don't know. Everyone loves once more with feeling everyone Mm -hmm. loves becoming, um, I, and I know a lot of people like this episode too. So not to say like, Oh, this is the indie, the indie rock (laughs) version of Buffy, but, (laughs) but no, I just, um, I love the kind of smaller episodes that take a step away from the season arc and are still just really well crafted and really well done um kind of like conversations with dead people like that episode totally stands alone and is a real showcase to the writing and acting on the show and Mm -hmm. the mythos in general um so yeah it's probably my favorite that kind of episode Mm -hmm. um for this season and i was like oh it's coming up and i'm gonna gonna do it yeah Yeah.
0: i it it, when when you were picking an episode you were looking over the list i this wasn't one that i expected you to pick but when you were like that's the one i want i was like oh that's a fucking great choice Mm -hmm. like because i agree it's definitely one of the episodes i don't think people talk about when talking about like the great Buffy episodes, mm-hmm. even though it is a great, great episode, I think if you say like, "What do you think of this episode?" people will say, "Oh, it's great," but it's like it gets. I think overlooked. the re- I,
2: yeah, it gets overlooked because it's in the middle of the second half of season two. Mm-hmm. So you have yeah. surprise and innocence. You have becoming. You passion, have passion just happens. Passion yeah. just happened. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. This is a great episode and we're really glad to have you on um so um we this week we are drinking some makers uh 46 that ben so graciously brought yeah um i had it's funny i had this like whole thing in my mind where i was like we're gonna have martinis tonight and then, like, you walked in with that, I was like, fuck that, we're having bourbon tonight. <laughs> um, so. I, would have, I would have had martinis. I
3: just brought that because I was like, maybe they'll want to have
0: some bourbon. I'm always into having some bourbon. So, and I've been informed, we have a little bit of Woodford left, uh, but I've been informed that it is to be saved for uh, my, my husband's drinkage. Oh, well, I'm glad um, I brought it. So, um, Ben, would you like to lead us in a toast this week? Sure. Yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, I
3: um yeah. I um I mean we'll talk more about this later, but just uh this episode in particular, I think pays a lot of special attention to people that are maybe struggling um just emotionally or with feelings that um maybe like they're they've made some huge mistake that they can't get forgiveness from mm-hmm. or There's no, you know, there's no um, better days ahead. Um, So I just want to raise a toast to everyone who is struggling, maybe having a rough day um, or, you know, longer than a day and just say, yeah, there are, there are always better days ahead. So that's my toast.
0: Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. And I've said this before, if you're listening to this, we love you. Like you are loved. So, I wanted to, before we get into the episode, um, we got just a really sweet shout out on Twitter today. Um, So, in case you're wondering what specific day we're recording on this episode, (laughs) go back and look for that. Um, But one of our listeners, Matt, tweeted at us. um, He said, it's my Thursday morning ritual to treat myself to a good breakfast uh, and listen to Booze and Buffy on my commute. And I, I just saw that this morning, and I was like, I was kind of grumpy this morning, and like, and I was like... Oh, thank you. That is right here. Um, and then I spent a long time like looking for an appropriate non spoilery uh, GIF reaction, uh, and I found one, but it took a while. <laughs> 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 so thank you so much for your, that shout out. It's um, it is nice to to hear from you all. Um, so thank you. So why don't we talk about "I Only Have Eyes for You," which is Creepy fucking song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off um, at the Bronze. Um, the band that is playing at the Bronze in this um, in this scene, the band is called Splendid, and the song is called Charge. And um, I really mm-hmm. like... I like this song a lot for the scene. It sets mm-hmm. the mood. But the thing that I always just remember about it is the lead singer who has this weird dress that's like a red kind of <laughs> translucent top yeah. that goes to like covers like half of her boob and then from the rest of the boob down it's like a gold dress mm. um, and I'm I'm really into it <laughs> <laughs> the 90s <laughs> uh, so um, Xander and Cordelia are dancing Willow's wearing a very loud, <laughs> very rainbow sweater. Love it. Um, well, awesome. The funny thing Love is, like, it. she
2: has an outfit later in the episode, too, that is a different variety of rainbow. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, she,
0: she, has a, she has a taste. <laughs> we learn uh, a, a student by the name of Benjamin Straley... Mm-hmm. Does does the episode does he introduce himself? He by introduces his full name? him as bi- himself He says his name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, according to the Buffy Wiki, his name is Benjamin Straley. Oh, <laughs> Buffy Wiki, you never let us down. <laughs> it's possible maybe he's credited that way, like possible. in the in the credits. But um, he, he he talks to her to try to convince her to ask him to the Sadie Hawkins dance.
2: And for those of you who aren't familiar with what a Sadie Hawkins dance is, it is a it is an old tradition that's mm-hmm. a high school dance where the girls ask the guys
0: and it's i find that problematic <laughs> uh, i think there's a reason we don't have them really anymore like the
3: yeah they've def- they've outgrown their their utility i think yeah
0: it's just this idea that like oh here you go girls it's the one time you're allowed to ask a boy out yeah is Antiquated.
1: We'll call it well, antiquated. I mean, it is a tradition from
2: like <laughs> the '50s and probably before then too.
0: I I think it goes back. Yeah. Uh, um. Let's learn something. Um.
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, while you're looking up that, uh, yeah, Ben, who is like, you know, pretty decent guy. I mean, his his shirt isn't too ridiculous. So, like he's got a little bit of pastel going. That on. felt like, like a really nasty <laughs> zing at <Alexander. laughs> Well, Xander has some shirt problems in this episode, too, but not the shirt problems that he usually has. Uh, But yeah, he goes up and asks, um, and this is a very good, this is a very, like, nice way to ask somebody, even though he's not technically asking her, he's, like, asking her to ask him, Uh, and then she says, like, oh, no, like, you're a nice guy, and, like, so he, like, immediately kind of, like, backs off, and, uh, yeah, it's... I guess after all the creepiness that you feel for Mangelis, uh this like this whole second half of the season, it's actually
0: kind of nice. Yeah, to... Maybe Benjamin Straley could have been a nice bow for Buffy. We'll never know though, cause she's like Nabra.
3: Her <laughs> um, him and Owen, Ben and Owen.
0: <laughs> okay, so um the the Sadie Hawkins dance is named after the Lil Apner comic strip character Sadie Hawkins, uh, <laughs> created by cartoonist Al Cap. In the strip, Sadie Hawkins' day fell on a given day in November, although Cap never (laughs) never specified an exact date. The unmarried women of Dogpatch got to chase the bachelors and, quote, marry up with the ones they caught. (laughs) Uh, The event was introduced in a daily strip which ran on November 15th, 1937. Uh, This is unlike most traditional dances in which the men invite the women. So, there's our history lesson, courtesy of Wikipedia. Yep. Um,
3: What a time to be alive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Basically, Buffy's like, I'm not gonna date anyone.
1: Ever. Which is is
0: understandable, because, I mean,
2: yeah, when most people have bad breakups, it's like, oh, yeah, he wasn't giving me space. When Buffy has a bad breakup, it's like, oh, yeah, he's trying to kill my friends and I. Um,
0: I think... Most of us who experienced heartbreak at a young age, at least me, I uh, I know after I got dumped in high school, I was like, that's it for me. I'll never find love again. <laughs> and guess what? I haven't, so. I feel like
2: I have to be really careful with what I say about my personal experiences, because I feel like Ben knows a good deal of them, and he will call me out on any inaccuracies.
0: <laughs> Do it.
1: Okay, yeah, let's have fun.
0: I actually would really love it if this episode just devolved into Harrison and Ben, shame Jason. How do you feel about that, Jason?
1: Uh,
2: not, not, um, I'm not for it, but, okay. I mean, uh,
3: you can't control how these things
0: go.
1: I'm pretty
3: excited that this is finally being recorded. <laughs> it's the opportunity
0: Ben's been waiting for. <laughs> Um This is my diss track. <laughs> so uh Buffy Cordelia kind of fucking this is so this is my thing. I am incapable of ever calling any character by their correct name on my first attempt on this <laughs> podcast. I'm like, Buffy? Willow, Spike? I always one of them. <laughs> Spike or Cordelia? <laughs> um so Buffy and Willow have a conversation where Willow's basically just like, saw you reject to that guy. Um, maybe you should just be impulsive. It's not your fault that Angel lost his soul and Puffy was somehow able to hear Willow over Willow's shirt. <laughs>
1: um, hey, look at me!
0: <laughs> but this is where we really see Buffy is is still blaming herself for what happened to Angel. Yeah. Um, and what I like about this is the, the episode does a good job of being of saying, you know, Buffy feels this guilt. Um, she feels like it's her fault. But I feel like the episode really is very careful about saying it is not her fault. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Willow espouses it right there at the beginning. Um, but... You know, I think we see that in the um, the the parallels between Angel and Buffy, and um, oh gosh, I what uh, Grace and James. Um, no matter how much the two of them feel like they're at fault for what happened, and I will say maybe James has a little more fault because he had a gun. Um, uh, I think but, that's
3: I think that's arguable. I mean, I think- yes, he he was the one who killed someone.
0: Uh, but they are both young teenagers who were in a relationship with someone significantly older than them. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
2: yeah, I just I
0: think that's. An I, interesting I, will, I will
2: say, like, uh, the writing isn't as subtle as I would like it to be. It, it hits it hits the nail on the head a few times, but that doesn't stop it from being very good.
0: Yeah, I. I'll, honestly, though, I'm going to be real. I'm just going to be really real with y'all. Yeah, just say it, man. Say it. So remember that dig I made earlier when um, Cordelia like, wow, over-identify much? And we all had a laugh. And I was like, but isn't that a great like line to put in there that doesn't really hold your hand, but maybe helps your slower viewers for, to get it? <laughs> well, listen, when I was 18, I was slower viewer. <laughs> And no that's true I, I did not real, recognize that parallel like right away and I even remember when the um, when Buffy and Angel get possessed I remember being like I'm confused why is she possessing him and he's possessing her why is- no
3: like when I first saw the episode which again in case you all forgot I saw this like when it aired Mm-hmm. In, 1989? Uh, yeah, in 1989 yeah <laughs> when i was a wee child of one <laughs> but no um no like when it aired in like whatever year that it, 1998 yeah, whatever year that would have been um i i did not get that very first time when i was like nine or whatever i did not get that um the genders had been switched mm-hmm. at the end. Like I didn't pick up on that at all. I I picked up that they were both possessed and were reenacting again, but I didn't get that until like, yeah, I didn't I didn't really get until the um, second time that the genders had been
0: switched. I'm just gonna say you were nine, I was 18, so yeah, <laughs> a little. But you know, what?
2: we we'll, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here in the episode. Uh, we are.
0: Um, so, she goes to the school to check in with Giles, and, um, so this is where our first, like, ghostly possession happens. Uh, two students, a male student and a female student, are having an argument, um, and the male student pulls out the gun. Uh, Buffy happens on this and manages to... Also, the janitor is there as well. Oh, yes, the janitor, who is played by, um, John Hawks. Who has become more famous recently for playing? Uh, he's been on. He's been on Deadpool I, or not? Uh, Deadwood, I believe. He um, looks familiar. But he what received a an Academy Award nomination for his role in um, Winter's Bone. Oh yeah, um, okay. He's yeah, the he really uncle, I think. Yeah, that
3: the, makes sense. I knew I'd seen him before. Um, he's a good actor.
0: Yeah, he, so he's been on Deadwood. Um, Eastbound and Deadwood. Down. He plays Soul Star. I've not watched Deadwood, so. Um. Oh, he's, um,
2: he's, a, uh, Timothy Oliphant's, uh, best friend. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, he was also in a movie that I don't know if you all have seen. It's called Martha, Martha Marcy May Marlene. Mm-hmm. Stars I've heard of it. It's very good. It stars Elizabeth Olsen. Like, about, like, like pre-Marvel Elizabeth Olsen, Olsen okay. I think. Um, Yes, yeah, 2011 and she plays a woman who like escapes from a cult. Huh. Um, it's very good. Um, so, so yes. Um, and he, he's had a very long career, but it's only really been recently that he's been in a lot of high profile stuff. It looks like good for him. Um, so I mean, he yes, on he plays Buffy, George, the janitor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, Buffy, uh, runs and uh, knocks the gun out of the guy's hand mm-hmm. and, uh, the janitor goes to see if the girl's alright. But, uh, the minute that, like, Buffy's like, what the hell do you think you're doing? Um, uh, the guy that she, uh, the, the boyfriend was like, I don't
0: know what happened. Yeah. He, so Buffy accuses him of going OJ on his on his girlfriend. 90s reference. Very 90s reference. And that was 94? Something like that. Is that right? Something like that. Um, but I, I feel like that's the sort of thing that had a lot of... St- I mean, obviously, it's had a lot of staying power, so... Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't quite feel, like, as dated a reference as it could. Um, the, the female student is just like, we weren't fighting a second ago. Like, he's very nice. We don't know what happened, so... And the gun is gone. And the gun is gone. So this is our first indication that uh, something is afoot. <laughs> Uh, the next day Principal Snyder somehow finds a way to make this Buffy's fault (laughs) who we haven't seen in a while it's been a minute for Principal Snyder it's so funny when I was uh, pulling up the info for this episode for our intro I saw Armin Scheimerman's name in the guest starring and I was like Armin Scheimerman's in this episode? who does he play? and then I was like he plays Principal Snyder the same fucking character he (laughs) always plays (laughs) I was like Quark? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this is the
2: uh, long-fabled Buffy Deep Space Nine crossover, <laughs> which I would watch in a heartbeat. Oh, fuck
0: yeah, I'd watch that. um Just like Buffy and Major Kira kicking ass together. Yeah, sign me the goddamn fuck. Pot. I
2: would love to hear. Um, I would love to hear Giles wax philosophy with Goldicott
0: Oh, interesting. You picked Goldicott I, 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 I was, I was thinking of a. Uh, an interaction between Giles and uh, Captain Sisko. That's
2: what I was originally thinking, but Golden Cod has always fascinated me, and I need to stop this right now because the (laughs) minute that I start talking about Star Trek, it's 50 minutes later, (laughs) and we're talking about Buffy here. (laughs)
0: Um, So um, Principal Snyder gets called away because of, quote, um, some no-life vegan... (laughs)
1: <laughs> the,
0: the the contempt with which he delivers that line, it's like
2: God, what is the one line that he says to Buffy? It's like you reek of You reek of lies. You reek of <laughs> lies. <So laughs> like, like that made me think of the elf
0: line, you He's sit so on a throne funny. of lies. He's so good. Like <laughs> and, and, you know, it's funny though not to take us back to Star Trek but Armin Shimmerman is such a good actor he Absolutely, takes, he took such a ridiculous character like Quark and gave that character so much nuance I mean the Ferengi were fucking jokes mm-hmm. and I mean they continued to be but that character was he just did so much with them yep. and you know I'm not gonna sit here and act like Principal Snyder has a lot of depth but he still just runs away with this character um he's He's always operating at a (laughs) 10
1: he's (laughs) like always
0: um so while Buffy's waiting for him to come back um a yearbook from the year 1955 just throws itself off the shelf and Buffy's pretty chill about it I mean I guess I guess in her life that's like
2: (laughs) you know what (laughs) book randomly (laughs) coming off of a bookshelf
0: not the worst thing I'm I've
2: seen. Pretty
0: low on her list of priorities. I
3: actually have a theory about that, but I'll talk about it when we get a little okay. bit further along.
0: Okay. Um Then we get a scene that I love. Um so last week, Jason and I were um one of one of the things we we faulted Killed by Death for was that um it was very unwilling to significantly deal with the aftermath of of um of jenny's death uh and and it comes one episode after this episode i think does it deals with that so much better Mm -hmm. um the the subplot that giles has is heart-wrenching like
2: it is and i'm honestly like i i think it was done just enough Mm -hmm. Um, like, I feel like if it had been done any more than it would have been, it would have detracted from the wonderful, like, climax of the episode. It,
0: it takes up exactly the amount of space in this episode it should. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, there's a line that comes later that I'll, I'll, I'll definitely talk about that every time I, like, we were watching it and, like, my, the the hairs on my arm just, like, like, raised, was, like. Goose Goosebumps So I
2: want to talk This uh, This week I feel like Willow is living Her best life (laughs) Like She She talks to Buffy About love Even though like Will's only real experience with love is her affection for Xander and now her relationship with Oz. Yeah. But, I mean, she's talking like she's an authority. <laughs> she is an authority in the classroom and she's, like, making herself... Like, she's making the students laugh. And it is funny, though, because you can... I like what Allison Hannigan does. Uh, I mentioned it while we were watching mm-hmm. it. Um, how she, like, kind of moves her leg around while she's giving the lecture. Yeah. And uh, it's like, oh, you can tell that she's nervous because, hey, she is a... She is a, uh, she's a student in the teacher's role addressing other students the same age as her as a teacher.
0: It's and so, it's so funny when we were, I was watching that and I noticed the same thing. She's doing this thing with her leg. It's really restless. And I remember the split second, the actor slash director me went, plant yourself, Alison Hannigan. Cause that's, you know, that's uh, for non-actors out there. That's... Uh, a big thing it's like plant your feet when you're on stage if you're not moving deliberately you shouldn't be moving yeah moving um, around
2: just gives this like uncertain tone yeah it makes you look weak but then the first, but the it now, works in this scene no
0: after that i was like oh no that's a fucking choice because no one moves their leg like that just like casually like it's it is a very deliberate choice acting choice to showcase that nervousness and anxiety oh
2: and to continue the willow power week uh she then has her, <laughs> she, then I has love her that. she then has her scene with uh with giles power um and this week. is where we kind of start like the uh jenny calendar yeah. fallout and uh she like she compliments jenny calendar and she like has the uh what is it that is it a topaz it is or a
0: rose quartz necklace? quartz quartz I knew
2: it ended with a Z. maybe um, <laughs> yeah. your options are Tobaz or
0: Quartz. And, I, and you know what?
2: As with most 50-50 choices, <laughs> I picked the wrong one. Um, but yeah, and uh, she says that uh, she found that and uh, found out that it's meant to be uh, kind of like for healing. Mm-hmm. And so she says, mm-hmm. oh, I think she would want you to have that, which is like, yeah. It's
0: so
3: sweet. It is. Side story, Rose Quartz also is like the crystal that Or the the gem that's supposed to embody love as well.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So. I remember
3: I got one for my mom for Christmas one year when I was really little. Oh. And this, like, crazy, like, energy lady was like, oh, whoever gave this to you loves you so much. Like, I can see it, you know? Like, they, yeah. I don't know. Good job,
1: Val. Cool.
0: Was this the outfit you were referencing earlier? This is her, like, rainbow flower shirt mm-hmm. yeah um, and she has a chunky necklace It's not as chunky as some of her jewelry it's kind of like a but... cardigan
3: as opposed to a sweater this time i think, I so. think so yeah there were buttons yeah
0: <laughs> there were certainly buttons <laughs> um it's you know it's so funny that like an episode where willow wears a giant rainbow sweater we're just like eh. Like, yeah, it's we haven't even scratched the surface of things Willow might wear. It's no
3: WPH.
0: <laughs> also, um, uh, one one last thing about the scene. <laughs> <laughs> just, I
3: did. It took me a second to. Well, out. I didn't want to spoil it in case it wasn't a thing that been talked about yet. We're so.
0: past. We're uh, uh, so listeners. That is Willow's purple hat, which we <laughs> definitely just. Oh yeah, we love. Willow's I can not remember hat.
3: where it was in the season. <laughs>
0: it is. Uh, it is in surprise. Yeah, surprise. Yeah. Nice. Um, I thought is in phases actually until we got to Surprise and I was surprised <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, ah!
2: one last thing I want to say about this scene is uh, Anthony uh, Anthony Stewart Head does an absolutely uh, mm-hmm. wonderful job uh, I feel like the, in the first part of the series it is very easy to just see Giles as um, like a, a font of information mm-hmm. and like the guy who kind of like links the stuff together and um, and, like, these last few episodes have really uh, delved into just, like, the range that that character has. Yeah. And, uh, like, you can see that, like, he's still torn up about Jenny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just think that he does a good job with that. I, I mentioned while we were watching the episode that I just wanted
0: to hug him. Yeah. I I feel like we don't give enough props to, to him for his performance because it it just kind of goes without saying that he's fucking great Mm -hmm. but we should say it like he's fucking great which I
2: feel like goes with um, in the territory of like if you have a lot of younger actors and then one older actor Mm -hmm. like when people talk about the Harry Potter series I mean a lot of times they talk about like oh Daniel Radcliffe Emma Watson all that Um, I mean and then then they'll talk about like oh yeah Maggie Smith you're Uh, surrounded
3: by legends
2: yeah you're surrounded by legends (laughs) (laughs) and uh So yeah, it's like, it just goes without saying Alan Rickman is fantastic. Yeah.
0: Um, So, in class, uh, Buffy falls asleep. Um, Ben, would you like to... To share your thoughts about the uh, the history teacher, <laughs> I, I
3: did I did call him a DILF. <laughs> I'm not gonna
0: apologize for that. Yeah, no, no one is asking for an apology. Yeah, um, I did
3: forget. <laughs> can we can we talk more about that moment when he like she spaces out, she has her flashback or whatever, uh-huh. and they come back, and everyone's like, "Oh, what's going on?" <laughs> and they look and. Instead of looking at the
1: crazy writing that he wrote on the
3: wall, I was both. we're looking at these woman's insane
1: nails. There's, yeah, there's a student, and literally,
0: she's... and she, me as the straight guy did not notice that. Well, she's, she's, it's it it's happens in like a like a split second. She's she's an extra, but. They like she's like the extra who's like got the camera over her shoulder while it's, <laughs> like facing the teacher as he's writing, and at some point she like moves her hand, and it's just like in that split second while her hand like crosses the frame, her nails are like lavender and like yeah. like good like three inches long, like they're like cur- <laughs> a cur- a curled. <laughs> <laughs>
1: how can you do
3: anything with those like it's been a while since I've seen this episode and I for a split second before I remembered the plot I was like what happened to her nails (laughs) Like, like did that ghost do something to her nails like
0: which begs the question did that extra show up on set that day with those nails, <laughs> or did someone in the makeup department deliberately do that? I mean, I have to, I have to assume the former. But then it's just like weird that she was there in such a prominent position. Yeah, at, where was, her it, nails would it, be. Some honestly. things are just fake here. I me? think. Yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh,
2: realistically, like she might have like worn them to there, but she would have absolutely had to have like gotten okay, and from from like the producers and directors
0: and they're probably like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> Maybe while she was like getting that okay, Alison Hannigan walked past in the rainbow sweater and they just were like, oh, I'm blind. <laughs> me, <you're> blind. <laughs> I, I don't know why I keep focusing on this rainbow sweater. It's really not like as bad as I'm like making it all
1: out Maybe to they me. were trying
3: to add to the the, the terror of that moment. <laughs> Like, by showing these fucking claws. Just, yeah, just kind of like,
1: um, kind of, oh fuck,
0: what's the thing where something is, um, gets in your brain? Subliminal message. Subliminal message. Oh. It's kind of a subliminal thing, like. Gets in your brain. I was like a parasite. <laughs> Why is that the first thing you jumped
2: into? <laughs> the fuck's going on <laughs> with you, man? We're doing great, guys. <laughs> um, to get us back on track of the plot, uh, before the nail flat the nail flourish <laughs> um, Buffy is like uh, falling asleep during her lecture about the New Deal and I do want to say I think this is uh, the most actual class time that we've had in an episode in a really long time I think it is I'm
0: pretty sure I've commented multiple times like don't they have class well remember the last time we, we I think the last time we were in a classroom was when Buffy like for an actual specific class. Was when Buffy fucking assaulted Jenny Calendar. Oh yeah. <laughs> God, she's dead now.
2: Um, but the, uh, but yeah, and uh, so she falls asleep, and she, she, all of a sudden the scene shifts. You get like a little more of like a fuzzy tone, like old-fashioned tone, and uh, you see. Um, obviously, this is taking place in the fifties, mm-hmm. and uh, you see, was it James? James. James. Uh, going up to, uh, the English teacher, um, Grace, Grace, I should know that name. <laughs> uh, and, uh, she says like, oh, did you read the Hemingway that I, that I, uh, lent you or whatever? And he's like, yeah, it was really great. And like, while she's talking, like starts holding her hand and stuff and you're like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Buffy's like, wow, wow. But actually she... Buffy's more like, what the f-? Is going yeah, why well, is yeah. everything? Senior. Then she snaps
2: out of it and thinking like, oh, that was weird. And then like uh, the teacher is like obviously saying something related to the New Deal. But that's not
0: what he's writing. He writes, Don't walk away from me, bitch. And honestly, famous words. uh <laughs> I, I I find the classes reaction to this a little, <laughs> little <laughs> underwhelming underwhelming <laughs> like there's definitely the, the, the giggling feels real like they're like oh my god can you believe but i don't know at least it might feel no soul, if, all, like if I somebody knew. had like written
2: it especially in that handwriting cuz that was like threatening handwriting yeah. um, i would have been like Whoa, man! <laughs> what is going on here? I do not feel comfortable.
0: I, I just know. I feel like there should have been like some one like dumb jock or something who just yelled, "Mr. Dill, you wrote bitch, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Dill." Mr.
3: That's hilarious. I do love how he hastily, like, scrubs away at it like he accidentally got caught watching porn. Like, that's not, like, the, the reaction, his reaction's weird, too. He's just like, oh, oh! <laughs> Poor <laughs> Not Mr. Dilf. what the fuck, Mr. Dilf. Um,
1: so, I, I believe Mr. Dilf will
0: return. I, I think he's, like, a, like a recurring, like, just like a recurring teacher throughout season three, I, I just don't remember him. I, I think they—you remember him now. I don't know. <laughs> probably don't. I think there's just there's this one teacher who's just like throughout season three, who he's not important. Like, he's not a character. Mm-hmm. He's just like oh, the, we need a classroom scene. Yes, yeah. Um, they play hangman with him. If that. Huh. No, it, I don't remember. Okay, it, just wait it's till just been—it's just been way too long. No, it's I fair. I, I it's need fair. to go
3: through the whole thing like you guys again.
0: Um, good. but I, I think it's this teacher. He just—he just kind of becomes the generic teacher if they need a teacher who isn't Giles or isn't like important to the episode, mm-hmm. um, which. I think is actually a good idea because one of the things i've noticed is i was like they've got a new fucking teacher for every class like every episode did the old one die oh well probably, probably. maybe yeah <laughs> we're, we're talking like a defense against the dark arts rotation here <laughs> but for like every class That's why wow, still two, wow two harry potter references in one episode uh that sounds shocking to me i mean That's i don't really good. make the harry Let's... potter references though so <laughs> okay well shots fired expelliarmus is fired um, that was lame, <laughs> to the highest degree. <laughs> Stupefies fire. <laughs> um, so um, while Buffy is telling Xander about this, um, which Xander refers to as chalkboard Tourette's,
3: I, I missed that. that I didn't. So like, <coughs>
2: God, like as good as Xander has been lately, there, that chat alert's gonna come
0: out sometime Ooh. this episode. <laughs> Um, well, he gets attacked by a monster arm in his life, <laughs> <laughs> and also so they get away from it. Fine, it's gone. Fine. Does he have a fucking voodoo doll? He does. hangs
2: by the neck. No, that is not the first time that we've seen that. Okay. I'm certain that that has been okay. In an or, or okay. An, or okay. Earlier, it's the first so. time I've noticed
0: it. It makes me be like, who's that voodoo doll of? Is it of
2: Cordelia? <laughs> no, I think that's more like a or some Xander angel. being like a. Xander just being Xander. Mm. All right. It would not surprise me if it was of Angel, though.
0: Or Principal Snyder.
2: No, it would definitely be of Angel, because, like, <laughs> if if we're talking about, like, priorities of who Xander wants dead...
0: Fair. Angel's at the top well, of the list. I imagine if he had a voodoo doll of Angel, it'd have, like, a little toothpick stuck in its heart. <laughs> Instead of being hanged. Um, they, so they go uh, tell Giles in the library about the Locker Monster, and, this and is Giles like, says, Lock this monster. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> so,
1: he's so excited. He's like, what?
2: Oh, you skipped over oh, did Willow's quote, which is <laughs> oh, like, yes. to continue Willow Power Week, she says she sees Xander's ripped shirt he's like, oh, Xander, what happened? Did Cordelia win another round of the closet? <laughs> <laughs> seriously like I know last week we talked about Cordy being the MVP but is Willow is on
0: her game this week I think that line is up there with um, what's his number oh right 1-800 I'm dating a skanky hoe <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. seriously There's... Willow power week right here <laughs> uh, Willow is very much a power top this week <laughs> <laughs> wow power okay. top okay. Um, who's our power bottom? Oh, everyone. Because yeah. everybody's getting, like, fucked by this ghost. Wait. Can you have a power top and a power bottom at the same time? I feel like maybe it would go... Yes. Okay.
2: Well, I mean, if one, like, a... No. I might be wrong here. I asked Ben for a reason, No, Jason. No, no, no. I might be wrong. Like, if we're talking about somebody who, like, oh exclusively God. is a bottom and someone who's exclusively a top, wouldn't that...
0: Like wouldn't that still happen? but a top and a bottom is different from from a power top and a power bottom.
3: Ooh, is this our like? <laughs> is it we're we're,
0: we're, we're bringing we're bringing it back for this week? Okay, because <laughs>
3: from what I from what
2: I remember, like you and Michael telling you and Michael Holiday telling me, uh, shout out to Michael
3: Holiday, we love you.
0: I thought for a second you were referring to Mike. Ben's boyfriend, and I was like, why'd you call him Michael? That's weird. <laughs> we had <have> a <laughs> very serious conversation with Jason. So do you want us to tell you what power bottoms are? Please
2: educate okay. me, because we end our podcast with go slay and be gay, mm-hmm. so like, I I, I want to like show that I'm willing to learn about the community.
0: Okay. So so you know what a bottom is. Yeah. It's the person who... Somebody who's receiving. In the butt. Yes, no, I... <laughs> And for any listeners who are caring to know, I was doing the, uh, finger in the, in the circle motion. Yeah. So, uh, I guess the easiest way to say a power bottom is, is a bottom who is, like, really, like, really active. Does that seem fair? Yeah. Like, I mean,
3: the way, the simplest way I've always described it is, like, they may be, like, receiving, but they are doing the fucking. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, so yeah, I thought
2: like, Power was somebody who like only likes being a bottom, like is exclusively a bottom. No,
3: no.
0: no. Okay,
3: um, but like it's about
0: the vigor. Yeah, like <laughs>
3: okay. and about like even though they're the ones that are being like penetrated, they're the ones who, who are in are, control. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. in control. They're like the ones engaging in like you know the person who is like the other person's basically sitting there. They're like, okay. Okay, mm-hmm. okay I'm sitting here. All my right. dick's so hard. Like, You're doing things to me. Yeah, I, guess,
2: I guess that'll be like a. That would be a, a. Gosh, that would almost be dangerous putting a power top and a power bottom together.
0: <laughs> I, what? Sorry, I just. I had a very silly image in my head <laughs> of like. Two people just like really roughly going at it, and then just like slamming into each other so hard that they like fly
2: across the
1: room. I <laughs> don't know why.
2: God, between this and like the uh, the episode of Sex Education that was like all about douching, like I'm I'm learning a lot.
3: Oh did oh did they did? Oh, you said Sex Education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I was like, did you all talk about douching? <laughs> no, <laughs> about no, the no.
2: There's an episode in like the newest season of uh, Sex Education. Where the where like uh, the main character who's like supposed to be like a sex therapist for the high school doesn't know about douching, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the gay characters very like explains it with a uh, mm-hmm. like very concisely explains it with illustrations. They
0: also do a very good job of making sure to say that douching is not necessarily necessary mm-hmm. and can be, uh, you know, if if not done properly or done too often, can be very bad for you. Yes, so. Um, I appreciated that too because I was a little worried going in. I was like, oh, we're going to... Yeah, because there's like... a lot of
3: misinformation. It's like, oh, I have to do this every time. And
0: like, yeah, yeah, But I would assume it's encouraged. Yeah. I, I... It you know what? We'll do more. With... We'll do... <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll talk about douching... Another day. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a different podcast. I just, <laughs> I just, I, 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 feel like it's, uh, it, it's gonna get difficult to talk about it without getting personal. Okay, <laughs> and I don't necessarily. By the way, I'm sorry for taking us on this like no! crazy tangent, but this is I am maybe always one I'm of my favorite willing... crazy tangents we've gone on.
2: I am, I am always willing to learn more about like, uh, gay uh, sex. Well, like just any any aspect of the. Uh, of the LGBTQ community, because I mean, ear, 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 ear. I, I feel like I feel like uh, now it's obviously not as bad as now as it has been, but I feel like there is, as you said, there is a lot of misinformation, um, and like straight people like me uh, just don't like
0: we. I guess like we fill in blanks. You invited him as co. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I invited him for his Buffy knowledge. Not as gay enough. But sorry, sorry, we're being we're being so mean to Jason and he does deserve it, but it is is being recorded. Jason is a wonderful ally, and your willingness to learn what a power bottom is. (laughs) And (laughs) douche it. And we were all ready to go. (laughs) So uh the moral of the story is Willow, power top this week. Absolutely. Um, Everyone else is her submissive bottom. Um, Oz isn't in this episode, but um, now, Oz
3: totally would be into pegging. I know it. For <laughs> I know it for certain.
1: I, I agree. <laughs>
0: Jason, do you know what pegging is? I've heard it. Um Can we move on? <laughs> So, um, the Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) I I love Giles' excitement over the possibility that they might have encountered the Loch Ness Monster. How would that have worked? I don't know. But it makes me furious that there isn't a Loch Ness Monster episode (laughs) about the Vampire (laughs) Slayer. You know what, what? why don't you just, like... Fanfic
2: time. No, no. What You can just watch Doctor Who because there's like eight Loch Ness
0: Monster episodes. <laughs> and they're all so... <laughs> 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 I watch... Um, so when I played the sixth Doctor in all the Whos and Whoville, I obviously watched a lot of sixth Doctor episodes. Do they have a
2: Loch Ness Monster episode? Uh,
0: time Lash. It's awful. It's one of the worst episodes... <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that people.
2: Time Lash or Time Quake?
0: Time Lash. Okay. It's one of the worst episodes... Of no, I, mean, I would like, rather uh, watch Evolution of the Daleks. No, I, I think
2: Io Nine. They did like they ranked every single Doctor Who episode ahead of God. the fiftieth, ahead of the fiftieth uh, anniversary special, and that was their bottom
0: one. I, I yes, I remember that, and it's bad. Submissive bottom. <laughs> <laughs> um, they they kind of deduce really quickly. Um, that it is a, uh, a ghost or a poltergeist. Um, Xander unfortunately, one of my favorite lines in oh, the episode. To, I thought we were talking about timeline. Oh, okay. sorry. We do not need <laughs> to talk about that anymore than we already have. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> we, 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 yeah, sorry. Xander basically goes, um, so, you know, it's basically him going, I'm dead as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And Giles goes, well, despite the Xander speak, that's a pretty good explanation of a poltergeist and again i don't think xander has actually
2: seen the movie network i think he knows about it through pop culture
0: i also think this is an example of teenagers being written by grown-ass adults <laughs> like, um i was watching But you know the- what
2: this is like also a precursor to meme culture because i know a lot of people it's like true. a lot of people reference things that reference movies seen. that they've never seen tv shows they've never seen songs they've never heard of but they just know it, like, oh, it's from that meme, or it's from that TikTok, or whatever. And I'm like, Have, you, you could try watching the, you could try watching it,
0: like, expand your horizons a little bit more. Like, no. Nah. <laughs> and fairness, I've also never seen that work, so I recommend it. Okay. It's one of my faves. Um, so they they determine a ghost that's haunting the school, and really, this is the first ghost we've had. Um, except for Willow in Halloween, I was but, thinking like, yeah, Willow turned into a ghost, right? But like, it's really the first time the plot is like is a ghost, um, which uh, is fun. Um, here's where we get this this next level. Not to be confused with this. last week's invisible monster, <laughs> uh, <Der> Kinderstadt <laughs> Uh, Giles immediately says the ghost is Jenny, mm-hmm. and it's upsetting to watch. Like it's it makes no sense which the even Xander's like that doesn't make sense yeah <laughs> like, xander's questioning you you've got like a 50% chance of being wrong yeah it's just uh and, and they all say like and gently it's it's actually really sweet i think they all re- recognize what's, happen- what's happening what they know that he's grasping at straws um and they they try to bring him down gently and he um one of my favorite lines is he's like you know you're right you should always question authority and I I, I encourage you to, to challenge me when you feel it's appropriate and he walks away and then he comes right back immediately and he goes except in this instance when I'm clearly right and you are clearly wrong and it's like it's harsh rude. It's, it's, yeah, it's rude <laughs> um, but it, it makes a lot of sense like this is someone who has gone through with such a tremendous loss um I would imagine has not had the space due to his line of work to properly grieve and mourn and who can he talk to about it and yeah right his all of his peers are teenagers like yeah, yeah
2: and like he can't and I think he sees himself as he has to be strong mm-hmm. like for them um but yeah he yeah that those are the only people that he really interacts with um he doesn't know any of jenny's family and he's never uh he's never really had like i'm trying to remember if there was any of his family on the
3: show i don't think there
2: is
0: no we've never seen and we've never seen him
3: from what i remember they established that he doesn't really talk to anyone from his family
0: um i think the only mention of his family that i can think of is he mentions in season one that um He talks about his father very briefly Mm -hmm. when he's talking about um, having to accept his calling as a watcher. Because I think the implication is his father was also one, but that's really all they they don't dive. Maybe it's thought there was
3: a reference at some point that like he and his father didn't get along.
0: You're thinking of another British watcher. Oh. Gotcha. maybe it's i think um, i mean
2: if, if i'm thinking you know maybe way. it's yeah. maybe it's something along the lines of like when you go to like the watcher academy or whatever like you kind of have to like leave everything else behind oh i'm sure
0: yeah based on what we know about those fuckers um, more on that next <laughs> season so yeah I, but regardless he has no peer. even if even if he does have friends in england definitely doesn't have close friends in sunnydale Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's definitely, he's very isolated Do, and...
2: Have we had that appearance from that one guy who knows him? Ethan? From, Ethan? Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to remember but, where exactly that was. Yeah, Probably. we met
0: Ethan, but I, I don't know that he and Ethan are gonna... Yeah, and he would not, <laughs> he would not go to Ethan about this. Call it, Ethan. I know we're in a bad place right now, but I gotta, um, Dude, some shit <laughs> happened. Like, um... Girlfriend's dead. So, meanwhile, um... Angelus by Drusilla have bought a mansion, um, or presumably found an abandoned mansion because sure, there's an abandoned mansion in Sunnydale. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, whenever it, you need, isn't meet... it just
3: the old? Isn't it just the place that the young master had the like the? Oh, I don't know. It I, like I... the little the can't remember what his fucking name oh, is. Oh, um, the, the
0: chosen one or the anointed one. To the, yeah, the little. No, he one. had the factory. Okay. And which got lit on fire last week or in passion when Angelus. Okay. Or when and Giles went to go fight. There Angelus. You go again. I just
3: thought he had multiple. I thought he had multiple. I think places. the
0: only one we saw is the... I,
2: I think, think this is the first time. We I seen think him this him. set is the exterior is later uses the exterior for Giles's apartment. I.
0: Um, I, I think, think it's like think the car you're garden. right that little courtyard yeah I think you're right I think it is um, there are several times I, I, that's one of my favorite things to do when watching TV especially shows I've seen like several times is like seeing like which, which set is just like another set that's been redecorated like mm-hmm. there are so many rooms that are just Buffy's bedroom with, yeah, with a with a different uh with, with different decorations in it and filmed at different angles I love in Star Trek uh the
2: original series in the uh, episode The City on the Edge of Forever when uh Kirk and Spock go back in to uh 1940s or late yeah. 1930s and uh they're walking through like a town and uh it's literally the set for Mayberry for the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> nice.
0: Listen, sets are expensive.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so, they're moving to this mansion. Um, there's a lot of jasmine, which blooms at night, which Drusilla immediately just goes, like us! <laughs> um, but Drusilla's just doing her wow, whole thing. thing. Wow, over <laughs> I mean, um that that jasmine imagery though, um gets used a lot from like here on out, um, especially over on Angel. Um during this scene, uh Drusilla is like acting horny because that's like, what she does uh, and jealous is taunting Spike and I counted makes four ableist comments during it I mean he is evil. wait a minute are you counting <laughs> yeah. are you counting when he says
2: uh, if you don't like it just take the stairs yes okay I am counting that one
0: uh, and that, that was really part one of I uh, it's like two singular ones and then one comment that has two separate insults in it. So, yeah, but, I'm counting um, that four.
2: Did that also count like a hell on wheels or is that later? I did count on song. that. Okay.
0: Yep, I did count that. This um, <laughs> just, just sucks. Anytime Angelus like made any sort of snide comment to Spike's wheelchair, I was like, one, <coughs> two, that's <coughs> your drinking <laughs> game right there. <laughs> um, and then just like, I know, I know we've mentioned this before, but Angelus is just like, openly like I, flirting is like I, the wor- only the word i can think of but we, we've gone past flirting just like mm-hmm. groping drusilla in front of spike i oh, know i'm sure they've like already done
2: the no pants dance
0: <coughs> absolutely they are fucking all the goddamn time but it's just it, it's just it's so interesting to watch angelus just like basically like I got his hand up Drusilla's skirt and he's just looking Spike dead in the eyes <laughs> and it's like no, you know what you know who the other power top is this week <laughs> <laughs> he's like what are you gonna fucking do with it who
2: literally looks and is like excuse me I'm gonna go eat out your girlfriend <laughs>
0: um, so Spike is paid. yes <laughs> uh, I wonder if that'll come up later in the episode well, maybe Um, you might get a rise out of him. Oh, fuck you.
2: you liked like that. I know you did. I know.
0: (laughs) Uh, so that night at the school, we see George, the janitor again, and a teacher, um, this scene does something really smart. The teacher, uh, uh, the teacher asks him, she calls him George, and then she immediately asks him... Is that right? Is that right? Is that your name? It's such a it's such a good way of they one, don't just, know each it, other he,
2: very well, yeah. And then it immediately snaps into the uh, the lovers the scenario yeah. taking over. Yeah,
0: it's it's a good way of because it feels like natural dialogue, but it also it serves that purpose of like we know immediately these are two people who don't know each other very well, like if at all. Um, so when they swap in, like switch into. Uh, the the lover's dialogue it's it's obvious what is happening it's just mm-hmm. good job Marty Noxon. Um maybe one day you'll write a television show that stars Amy Adams and she'll get robbed at the Emmys for it it's, whatever maybe <laughs> um, I actually don't remember who won so maybe it was someone very deserving <laughs> um, it was, but it
3: was actor it would have been actress limited series right
0: yeah was it patricia clarkson i think it was or no, no i mean patricia arquette yes for, um, for the act which i haven't watched so i'll reserve any sorts of judgment yeah I'm um sure but right. I, I just remember watching sharp objects and being like uh angry in advance because i was like she's not gonna win an emmy she should win an emmy she's not gonna win an emmy but yeah like, anyway. <laughs> she
2: has like a pension for not, not winning, winning awards, awards. That she should get
0: <laughs> um it's gonna make it all the more satisfying though. When she does win. She does, unless it's it's like it's gonna be one of those things where it's like we're like, Yeah, we're excited you won, but it's like Like a stupid thing. Yeah, like, oh, like Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> for winning for the Revenant. <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: uh, I mean, the Revenant is a good movie. It's just not what he should have won for. Yeah.
0: Or I was thinking I was thinking Pacino for um uh Sorry, Woman. Oh, yeah. um and th- that was them going, Oh, you're right, you should have won for Godfather Part Two <laughs> Like Um so so they they go through this um reenactment. Um we don't really know it's a reenactment at this point, but mm. it's a reenactment. Um and the the gist of it is that um the the uh the uh the male in this scenario, which is James, is angry at Grace for ending their relationship. He's confronting her, trying to be, he's like, you know, you you say you don't love me, but you do love me. Uh, he pulls a gun on her and he shoots her, and she dies. Um, and unfortunately, in this this time, uh, it, uh, it it plays itself out. Yeah, and she not only
2: like she, she not only gets shot, but she falls off the mm-hmm. like the second floor of the school. Yeah, that little balcony
0: area. Did and we it,
2: skip the part where uh, where Buffy, uh, Xander, and Willow are in the computer lab again? Because I feel like right after they see Giles like, uh, grasping at the straws that it's... not Ginny. We're no. not there yet. My bad.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a fair question. Sometimes, I, I use the Buffy wiki to get us through the plot, <laughs> and sometimes it leaves shit out. Uh, but yeah, we, we've not gotten there mm-hmm. yet. Um... It's terrible. I just watched it. <laughs> <laughs> um... And, uh, Giles witnesses this. He's there for it. Um... It, i just i feel so bad for this guy mm-hmm. like he goes to jail like and normally i'm like if someone shoots someone they should go to jail but mm-hmm. like it I so don't, i don't know like, i like he, here's a question though because like the uh
2: why did he go to jail and like not kill himself Cause like that's how the scenario is supposed to end, right? They got interrupted. I
0: because Giles interrupted. Oh, Giles interrupted it. Okay. Yeah. He interrupted it after the teacher. Night. Yeah. So I I guess maybe maybe the silver lining here is the scenario doesn't actually play itself completely out. That it, only one of them died, but mm-hmm. it's still it's like uh, I hope he has a really good lawyer who's like I hope he has one of those Wolfram and Hart lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> of <on> them <that> later. <laughs> So, um
2: I don't know, like maybe you should try to <laughs> get Alan Dershowitz. That guy can spin a oh, fucking hell. Can spin an argument out of anything. Listen. I'm, not to not I'm, to bring politics into rather this. Rather talk but, about demons than But fuck that guy.
0: <laughs> um so so this is the scene where um Xander Willow and Buffy are in the um they're in the computer lab. Um Giles is still convinced it's Jenny. Um, they're researching what they know. And this is when Willow finds an article about, um, about what happened. Which is
2: one of the, it has one of the worst headlines ever. what what is it? like, Sunnydale Jock Kills Teacher Comma Self. Like, really? You're going to take this one? Like, not Sunnydale Student? You gotta say Sunnydale Jock?
0: Unfortunately, I have zero problem buying that as a realistic headline. Yeah. Like, it's shitty, but...
3: I mean, it's Sunnydale. It's Sunnydale. (laughs) The Sunnydale newspaper is probably not going to
0: be that great. Um, It makes me think of a a joke later in the series where um, they're talking about the school newspaper and one of the character quips. I usually just skip straight to the obituaries. (laughs) (laughs) Like, fuck, that's a dark joke, but accurate. (laughs) Um, It's the only reason Willow is still teaching this class. All the dead teachers don't have enough substitutes. (sighs) <sighs> um,
3: I always wondered how that conversation went down. Hey, Willa, would you like to teach this dead teacher's class? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, actually, that's a good point. I mean, the original, like, arrangement is that Jenny asks her to cover for, like, 20 minutes maybe because she might be late. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at some point after that, Principal Snyder had to get involved and be like... Miss Rosenberg. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I, I think it's safe to assume
2: that like Jenny cleared it with Snyder. Uh, okay. okay. So that's that probably fair. like put in his head like, well, well, we don't have time for bringing another vegan. We're so. on a <laughs> <hell> mouth. So. <laughs> We're on a hellmouth.
0: Literally, none of us are doing a good Armin Scheimerman. <laughs> and that's okay. He is one of a kind. Yeah. Um. They, um, yeah, basically we, we learn they, on the night of the Sadie Hawkins dance in 1955, the student killed his teacher, killed himself. They've been having an affair, as we've already said. Um, Willow and Xander really sympathize with both parties, but Buffy does not. Yeah.
2: They're trying to think like, well, who do we think the, uh, the poltergeist is and that's when Buffy goes into her whole, like, oh, this is violent. It has to be James. And, yeah. yeah.
0: It's... I mean, we're just... Once again, wow, over-identify much, but we are just seeing
1: mm-hmm.
0: Buffy really latch on to James as an outlet for her own... <laughs> Fucking prick. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, really just as an outlet for her own guilt and self-hatred in this moment and it's it's hard to watch i like i feel i feel so bad for her because i understand why she feels that way Mm -hmm. even though i think she's wrong
2: well yeah and like uh, the reason that she acts this way is because in her time of slaying nothing even even dying didn't hit her as hard as like the angelus betrayal and Mm -hmm the killing of jenny calendar like this is like what she originally saw like when talking with kendra uh, like what she originally saw is just like oh this is my job or whatever it's always just kind of like been this thing for her yeah now yeah. it's now it's personal like yeah. she has been rocked to the core and now she's like she's turning into like i have the power to like stop this from happening so i'm going to make sure i stop it from happening
0: yeah poor poppy yeah. she's going through a rough time right now
2: yeah and then like it brings up the uh the conversation later how she like absolutely refuses to mm-hmm. cut james i, I almost said jesse <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like thinking team rocket right now um <laughs> Jesse. <James. laughs> <laughs> meow. that's right <laughs> but yeah like uh when she um i'm bringing this up now and don't care me. that it's later in the episode but like when she's like obsessed with like, trying to make this stop and fighting this poltergeist, and and it's like, oh, like, Xander says earlier on, like, oh,
0: Buffy's not in the merciful mood. Uh, The quality of mercy, or, what's, they actually, they quoted it on here, it's, uh, I lost it, I'm
1: sorry, I'm sorry.
0: Oh, the quality of mercy is not Buffy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but then, like, Giles has that very, very good quote. He does,
3: where he he said that he said, uh, "People, people, it. We're t- this is empathy. Uh, for, forgiveness Forgi- is an act of compassion. That's right. Forgiveness is an act of compassion. And people, people don't. don't. It's not because people deserve it, but because people need
1: it. Yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful sentiment. It really is. Um, yeah. It's.
0: I think a difficult sentiment. Which, is, I which yeah, which is mm-hmm. interesting
2: coming from Giles, because I mean, if anybody should be pissed at and jealous right yeah. now, it's him.
0: And I, I think it's easy." for Giles to, to say it in this situation where yeah. he's removed. Yeah, not his scenario. Yeah, um, which I think that's true of anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, on, a, on a less serious note, I think we should take a second to uh, talk about Buffy's hair. <laughs> uh, we... <laughs> so, we're going back to the uh, scene where they're in the computer lab. So, while this is happening, the scene in the computer lab, uh, I, I, I opened my mouth to say something, but before I said anything, Jason went, her hair looks... What'd you say? Like, her hair looks great. Her hair looks awesome. Yeah, And I went... Who, you Harrison talking? actually paused the episode. Yeah, I, <laughs> I paused and I was like, who are you talking about? That is, like, one of the first times we've had an episode pause while watching an episode of Buffy. Um, and he was like, Buffy. And I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. Because as you were saying that, I was about to open my mouth to say, Buffy's hair looks fucking awful. Yeah. So, like, I and I on
3: top of all of that, I was literally thinking that <laughs> I was literally thinking that it was awful, Here's but the... I didn't want to say anything because I I was like, you know, Buffy's going through a lot. <laughs> like, so you
2: know. I guess like straight versus the gays. But uh, no, we are like, the authority. Uh, Sorry about that. She, uh, <laughs> I, I, I know, she's got like a she's got like an '80s pop star uh, yeah. look, which. I actually really like because I love the '80s, <laughs> and I, and I mean like it's so I feel like so often uh, she either has her hair like down in that one way or uh, she has her hair pulled back in a ponytail. Mm. Um, it was nice to see something different, and I like that it was like. I like that she tried something.
3: I <laughs> it was an it was like an eighties blowout. Yeah. Without like as much as you could get away with it without it being oh my god, that's an eighty nine. But, I, <laughs> but Sorry, this episode aired <laughs> definitely. Um, but um it was it was just kind of messy.
0: Yeah, I, I did not care for it. But Jason did, and that's okay. Uh, but I do have Ben on my side um, <laughs> uh I will say, it's not my least favorite Buffy hair. My least favorite Buffy hair will happen in season three. Okay.
3: Um, I think I know what you're talking
0: about. Uh, uh, amends? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's awful. That is hilarious. It's so bad. Those bangs are just <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> it looks like they glued them onto her yeah. forehead. <laughs> I remember.
3: Even as a child, I was like, what is wrong with her hair?
0: <laughs> um, so... In at lunch uh, Xander, Cordelia, Willow and Buffy are at lunch and I think this is actually the this first time Cordy is, shows up th- in the episode I think you're right hmm. this is the scene that had Which Harrison
2: button. Harrison was already yeah. out of the room because he was answering a phone call but he did
0: not come back I did not come back um, because and, I knew it was ben happening
2: and Ben was Ben was squeaming. It was a little
0: squeamish too so I am and I'm, I'm gonna guess you are too I'm very phobic of snakes mm-hmm. Like, I, to the point that I, if a snake shows up in something on a television, I, like, will look away or leave the room until it's gone. Um, We mentioned the Rick and Morty episode with all the snakes, which was ridiculous. It was like, (laughs) but I I couldn't deal with it. I I was, watching um, it through
2: my fingers. It also makes me think of uh, when we went to go see Into the Woods, the movie version And there's that scene where Rapunzel's prince is, like, going through the swamp to get to her. And, like, Mm. uh, like, just a snake popped out. I was sitting right next to you, and you immediately... Put your hands over your eyes. Immediately.
1: I...
0: You know, as we discussed last week, I love horror movies. I can sit there and watch someone get disemboweled on screen and not bat an eye. But a snake shows up and I'm like, nope. No, no. It is It was really funny because I noticed it while we were watching this episode.
2: You came back to the room later, but the snakes show up later. And, like, a snake showed up. You grabbed a pillow, put it over your face. That scene ended... You look down, and, like immediately following that, like the zombified corpse of James <laughs> shows up against Buffy. You didn't bat an <laughs> eye. <laughs> it was so
0: funny. Like, my, right? My whole life, I've had such a thing about snakes, and I like, uh, I I remember like there was a snake in my backyard one time when I was a kid, and like I freaked out. I have had. Um, I had a nightmare one time that there was, like, a giant fucking, like, one of those huge, like, pythons, like, mm-hmm. boa constrictors or something like that in my bedroom, and I woke up having... And I, like, had a legitimate panic attack. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily want to say it's a phobia, because phobias are, like, actual serious, like, mm-hmm. like conditions, but I think maybe it's a phobia. <laughs> I think um, fear of snakes
2: has to. Actually, I'm going to look at now. Well, that up I mean, right like now. for
0: me specifically, I know, like, oh, it definitely is a phobia, but I'm like, I don't want to self diagnose myself with a phobia, and maybe that's maybe kind of dismissive of people who actually have them, but then at the same time, I'm like, But one time I gave myself a panic attack over it. All right, so so it is called, like, herpetophobia or something. Ophidiophobia. Uh, This there's fucking snakes. Of course course those fuckers would have some special name for themselves. Ophiophobia (laughs) is a
2: particular type of specific phobia, the abnormal fear of snakes. It is sometimes called by a more general term herpetophobia, fear of reptiles. But if we want to talk specifically snakes, it's going to be orphidiophobia. (laughs)
0: When we went to, John and I were in New York, we went to the Bronx Zoo, and we went into the reptile house, and I was like, listen, I'm going to be really brave, and I'm going to look at every snake, Good maybe for just you. for a second. But then we got to this one, and it was fucking huge, and yeah. there was this little plaque that was like, in such and such year, this same species of snake was found to have Never read the plaque. eaten a live alligator, yeah, a, a full-grown one, swallowed it. And the only reason I think I that I didn't have a full on breakdown was the part that was like the snake died doing so, and I was like, "Thank God, thank God!" <laughs> it's not close to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my God! Like I'm not as big as an alligator. It might survive. Right? <laughs> okay, all right. So uh, all of their lunch turns into snakes, and that's very upsetting because I love lunch. <laughs> was, I don't want to <laughs> link lunch and snakes. That was again. such a David Rose. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, re- I realized I was doing the Alexis hands <laughs> while I was doing it. I've really been, I've really been, I've been watching a lot of Shit's Creek, I've been, um, I've found myself doing that with my hands a lot, what Alexis does, and um, when I, the show I did uh, uh, back in November, I actually was like, I'm actually, I deliberately channeled both David and Alexis into the character that I was playing, and I was really pleased with that, um, and I, I made a joke, it's, I don't remember when it happened, um, oh, it's when Drusilla was having her vision, mm-hmm that she really kind of reminded me of what, the thing she was doing with her body and her hands. I was like, it's kind of like a fucked up nightmare Alexis Rose. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit Drusilla. <laughs> oh my God. I'd watch it. I'd watch that spinoff. Oh, me too. Um, Cordelia gets bitten in the face ah. by a snake. Uh, if anyone deserves to be bitten up, no, no one deserves it. I, noticed, I know... Jason, you disagree that Xander does deserve a snake bite, but I I, I can't even go that far. hmm Only one person deserves to be bitten by a snake. I won't say his name on the podcast, but you both know who I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. Actually, oh yeah. You know what's funny? I
3: actually almost said that and I was like, there's no there's no need to to bring that in
0: here. So outside the uh, school, they've evacuated the school. Um According to the uh, wiki, the police chief that principal Snyder is talking to is named Bob Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: should we have known that? Um, Green, we were talking during a,
0: a little bit of this scene, so he may have like, introduced himself as Detective Monroe. Uh, maybe. He's actually been in two episodes. According okay. to this, he was in School Hard. And then he was in this episode. Maybe he
3: introduces him. As you know, my name <laughs> is Bob Monroe. I already introduced myself earlier.
2: So, uh, so uh, Snyder is basically saying, like, oh, we need to keep this, like, quiet. Um, some teachers walk by and he says, like, backed up sewer happened in San Diego last week or whatever. Yep. And, uh, but then, like, he goes back talking to the police chief and he says, uh, the detective, and he says, like, we're on a hell mouth. And you're like wait a minute what (laughs) so
0: this is such a good moment so we they've hinted in school hard actually i imagine i'm pretty sure this guy bob monroe is exactly who snyder's talking about in that same or talking to in that episode when um he comes up with a lie about the gang of pcp and he's like are you sure that's the lie you want to go with or that's what you want to go with and he's like well what do you want us to say the truth so that's our first indication that Principal Snyder and the police know what's... know something's going on. And then... Yeah, and just... The, the, the way... The, how casual it is. He's... Um, it's done really well. I, I just like that it's like... The only reason we didn't know that he knows is because we don't spend a lot of time with this <laughs> character. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Uh, yeah, it's, it's... I just like it. It's done really well. And then he... Um, um, the police chief tells him that... You know... Snyder basically is like... We're not going to be able to keep this a secret. People are going to start realizing what's going on. The police chief tells him... They... The city council expects him to... Be able to handle the situation. And if that's too difficult... He should take it up with the mayor. And Snyder looks shook when he's told to take it up with the mayor. I wonder if this is important. (laughs) So, if you have a problem with it, maybe
2: you should take it up with Mr. Laser.
0: <laughs> I don't understand.
2: It's Austin awesome Powers. Oh, uh, okay. No, I do no, understand. No, it's, it's not. It, it's not huh? Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, oh uh, I was just Austin, thinking. No, no, Austin Powers is all about the laser. I was
3: getting Dr. <laughs> Dr. Evil. I, I did the
2: air quotes. No, no, that's like the Moon and who just randomly like pull out a gun and say,
3: like, if you have a problem with it, maybe you can take it up with Mister Laser. I r-
0: I really enjoyed the confidence with which you said that, though. Like... No, I really thought that's
3: what it was. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I don't know anything about Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I can't decide if that's regrettable or not. I <laughs> so
0: I hate that show. Um, <laughs> but it's one of John's favorites. That is not <laughs> surprising. That is like the least surprising thing you've ever said about
2: John. I would be more surprised that he was gay.
0: Then he then he uh he loves Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Do you think he might be gay? Maybe. You're dating a gay guy. Huh? Sweetheart, we're married. You were <laughs> at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's dating that's, in my head still. That's fair.
3: Sorry. <laughs> I was like, you were
0: there. I, was. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I did what <when> you You <laughs> were in the room where it <laughs> happened. Um so Willow comes up with this plan. Um They're they're basically they're gonna do an exorcism. Um Willa or
1: Cordelia's reaction is fucking great. <laughs> Are you crazy? I saw
0: that movie. Even the priest died. <laughs> see, at least Cordelia sees the movie yeah, she referenced. Exactly- Xander doesn't. I, I was really about to say that. I was like <laughs> I don't know when Cordelia saw The Exorcist, but sure, Um, she makes a point to be like, "I saw that movie." I could, I
3: could totally see them watching that at like a slumber party or something, and mm being like a joke, like, "Oh, we're gonna watch this old movie, and it's gonna be actually, yeah." Like
2: now that I think about it, like uh, slumber parties not just for like girls, but also for guys. Normally, like since it's a night, typically have like a, a horror movie that you throw on there.
0: Oh, really? I just watch horror movies so often I just thought that it was just me. I just, no, I'm I, sorry. no, I can't tell if you're, like, being an asshole sorry, or not. no, I realize that. I, always. I, I, I am recognizing that <laughs> the my The answer tones, is always. My, I'm recognizing that my tone sound sarcastic, and I'm trying to adjust, but it's just <laughs> making me sound more like a thing. <laughs> but no, seriously, I actually didn't realize that was a thing. I just thought I was just the no, guy who I mean, always he... made my friends when they came over to spend the night, or if I spent the night being like, well, we're going to watch this scary movie because that's just all I watch. No, no, like, <laughs> I, I do
2: think that's, like, a thing with sleepovers and slumber parties, but... Um, If not for, but, you know, as guys get older, they might, like, try, like, oh, I totally suck this porno or whatever. Uh, But, no, I think, like, when you're a kid, you try to, like, watch the horror movies, especially, like, the horror movies that you're not allowed to watch
0: as a kid. I was only never allowed to watch one horror movie. The only time my, my mom and my stepdad, like, restricted something that I watched, I was pretty much allowed to watch whatever the fuck I wanted, but my stepdad put his foot down on one movie, and it was the original Last House on the Left and <laughs> i didn't really fight that it because i was like whatever like okay you're saying i can't watch this one movie and there's all these other movies so whatever but then it got in your head like
2: what's going on in this movie no not really
0: <laughs> i actually it didn't uh, i didn't watch the movie until about two years ago for my month-a-thon um so shout out to the month-a-thon yet again because um, it was in the 101 movies to watch yep. before you die so i was like okay well this is like one of those classics." I, the one movie my parents told me I could never watch so I should watch it I fucking hated it and I'm really glad I didn't watch it when I was a teenager because I I found that movie that movie was gross yeah it felt like a have you seen it yeah the original it feels like a snuff film um and I have you read
3: about a lot of the stuff that happened like behind the scenes with it yeah it's really gross
0: it's yeah it's not so I I really don't care for the original Last House on the Left but, the remake? The remake's good. Really good. I liked the remake a lot. And, um, a lot of the things I hated about the original, they fixed. Also, it has more Potter, not, and I fucking love Monica Potter. Now, that's not the, that's not the one with Jennifer Lawrence. No, is it? that is The House at the End of the
2: Street. Okay. That movie sucks! Which is, uh, <laughs> which I also cannot get confused
0: with the Neil Gaiman novel, The Ocean at the End of the Land. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I saw The House at the End of the Street in theaters, and it has one of my least favorite tropes of the, like, um, the cross-dressing killer,
1: Hmm.
0: which um, you know, that does happen in some horror movies, and I'm more willing to forgive it in the horror movies that came out in the 50s, like Psycho, Mm -hmm. not one that came out in the late, early 2000s. So, Uh, so they decide to exercise the school, um, and Giles wants to summon Jenny's spirit. So he's still on this, this Jenny thing. Um, the four of them have to split up because they have to form a triangle at different points of the school with, is Willow at the center? No, Buffy is because she says
2: that's where the action's going to happen. Okay,
0: so Buffy's at the center, um, Cordelia, Willow, and, uh... Giles is what's and going Xander on. yeah are forming the points of the triangle yeah. and but yeah Giles runs into Willow they
2: don't know that he's in the library yeah uh but uh yeah and then like stuff starts happening at each of those um at each of those locations mm-hmm. uh, uh Willow starts getting like sucked into the ground uh Xander just walks into the room of snakes yeah nothing really happens in Yeah Xander's it doesn't it doesn't phase him uh, but then like uh, oh poor Cordelia she like she takes the band-aid she's in a bathroom she takes the band-aid off of her face to look at the uh, look at like the snake bite She already yeah. doesn't look great and then like all of a sudden like her whole face gets scarred yeah um, and I gotta say I really like um, I really like the extent that they go to with like it being a poltergeist because it could have been, like, fairly easy to just kind of, like, do the ghost scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, the the relationship death scenario. And uh, that being the, like, the only thing that happens. But I like adding, yeah. like, the, the little horror twist. Because, like, especially if you're afraid of snakes. Uh, this is... Uh, Which I'm not. I'm very brave. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are. Thank you. Uh, but, the, like... Some of these scenes are actually pretty like scary, and I gotta say, yeah. that's three episodes in a row where Buffy's really like kind of dialed into the horror. Do you uh, think next of week
0: we'll dial into that?
2: Let's not let's not talk <laughs> about next week until next week.
0: Okay. Oh god. Which one's next week? Go Fish. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, gross. Willow. When she's like sinking into the floor, Giles rescues her, and this is this is the line I was talking about earlier that gives me goosebumps. Willow says to Giles, "I just she, got goosebumps." I said it. Jenny could never be this mean, and I think that's when Giles, it finally gets through to Giles. Yeah. But earlier, they were telling him it doesn't make any sense. Jenny didn't, you know. He's focused on the fact that Jenny died violently here. And they're like, but the gun, that doesn't make any sense. Like, that doesn't tie Mm -hmm. in. But the logic of that doesn't get through to him. But seeing Willow in danger. Willow in danger. And the memory of Jenny's kindness and decency snaps him out of it. I I think that line is so important. Jenny Mm -hmm. could never be this mean. Jenny would never hurt Willow. Mm-hmm. You, like or any especially of them. or any of them, but Alexander, like, <laughs> especially Willow though. It's yeah, like, especially like, Willow. Willow and Jenny Willow was her you're favorite. the only person teaching my class. <laughs> Willow, I, I would say after Giles, the person Jenny we saw being the closest to was was Willow. Yeah. Um, the gang carries
2: out their exorcism and they fail. It fails. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they, they get, get chased by a. Uh,
3: by a swarm of wasps. I think they're just not at a high enough level yet. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: they also, I maybe that, but also maybe they didn't do it right because at one point Cordelia is just like, "I totally expel evil," and I was like,
2: but "When they finish yeah, the incantation, incantation though, yeah. like
0: all the uh, all the flames
2: go out." So I don't know, something kind of had to happen. Yeah, yeah I, I mean,
3: I'm sure it's. I don't know. We'd have to ask. Uh, you know, Marty. A, a witch or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and just be like, hey, like... I actually know a couple of uh, a couple of Wiccas, so... Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's, like, equal parts, or maybe not equal, but I'm sure there's a component of, like, incantation and intention. I you think know? that, no, you know that's what I definitely mean? true. So it's like, she had enough of the intention for something to happen, but, yeah. like, something else was off, so it wasn't perfect. <laughs> you
0: you <know>? get <laughs> lost! <laughs> yeah. Well, and I would imagine, too, it's, sorry sorry that just immediately made me think of like uh the
2: oprah gym where she's like everybody gets bees (laughs) (laughs) you get bees you get bees. everybody gets you're
0: not allowed to have bees in here
2: have you seen that gym? i have yeah it's like when oprah's giving away cars and like everybody's freaking out but somebody some genius decided to just like put in bees so it looks like everybody's horrified and that they're being
0: attacked by bees. So the, the <laughs> unintended controversy you've just created earlier in the episode I said GIF and you just said JIF. I'm just gonna leave that there.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, let's uh... I've had
2: this I've had this discussion way too many <laughs> times with people we need to talk about. I only have eyes for you.
0: Um, I oh, I also
3: Oh, yeah. Um, so... I wanted to get to this part where we talked about it not being Jenny. Um, so, I have n- basically no evidence to support this. It's just kind of a nice thought. That Head Headcanon. I, <laughs> um, I did that a lot. Um, I really think that it was Jenny who knocked the yearbook over. Out, out of the oh, okay. I like that. Like, that's just a personal belief of mine. I... Because it's never like it's never addressed that like who it was, and like they don't bring it up again.
2: And it doesn't seem like something that the ghost of James would. Do. Yeah,
3: and it's fair to assume that maybe um, what's her name did it Grace? Grace, yeah, because her ghost is also there. That's the thing.
0: The episode is they spend a lot of time being like it's definitely James, it's definitely James, and I think what we're supposed to take away from the end is it's both of them.
3: Yeah, it is both
1: of them. Yeah,
3: so that's that's fair to assume, and maybe makes a little more sense. But um, but it's but, nice. I just I like. That. <laughs> yeah. I just like imagining. That's it. good.
0: Um. These we, so it's funny we, we were having a discussion while we were watching of what the bugs were at first, because mm-hmm. I was like well, I think they're supposed to be wasps because why would like what like I mean yeah like uh, other bugs can be unpleasant but I, you wouldn't necessarily flee from them the way you mm-hmm. would a wasp. But they look like flies in, yeah. like, the close-up <laughs> scenes, and that's what Ben was saying, was that he thought they were flies. They do eventually say in the episode that they are wasps, but um, I'm just say, uh, And there's
3: also something just more biblical about flies, like, mm. and locusts, too,
0: to be fair. Jason, yeah, Jason said locusts. Um, they just didn't I was going them. with the biblical yeah, aspect of it. Yeah, it's 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 like, because you think like, of a swarm right? of something, you think, like... Locus. Yeah, well
3: flies are flies are in the Bible. Yeah. So they're one of the plagues too. But, Correct. But like
0: I thought it was the man in black from Lost. Oh guys. Nice. From the future. <laughs> I thought it was the man in black from the Dark Tower. <laughs> um, I thought but, you were gonna say I
2: thought it was the man in black from Westworld. We no, got it. <laughs> we did it. Right. The Holy Trinity.
0: <laughs> um they they get out of the school, um and, and return back to Buffy's house. Um, at this point, we return to Drusilla, Spike, and Angelus. Um, this is where Drusilla has her vision about um, about Buffy. One of the things I love about Drusilla, like, the things she says, they're fucking nonsense. <laughs> um, but they're also not. Like, yeah. almost every single one of her lines... Is significant.
3: Yeah, she's uh, Cassandra. She's yeah, like, yeah. She's definitely trope.
0: Cassandra trope. Um, she's digging herself a grave to sleep in. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, nice, I like it. Um, good for her. <laughs> um, and, and this is where kind of Spike. He he taunts Sam jealous into actually confronting, um, Buffy. confronting Buffy. I'm curious what your all's thoughts of why does Spike do this? I, my thought is that he specifically, he wants, he wants Angelus to go after Buffy and for Buffy to kill him. Yeah, I think
2: at this point he knows that, like, the next time Buffy sees him, she's going to try to kill him. And he's just like, well... It, either way, it works out for me, because, like, Angelus dies, I don't have to see that prick again. If Buffy dies, hey, we don't have to worry about the Slayer anymore. That's good. Yeah. I, I actually hadn't thought about no, that. No, that's exactly
3: about. what I was going to say, is that I think that he's just pitting the... He, he sees the strategy in that, okay, both of these parties are incensed and have the you know the motive to want to kill each other. So I think he's just trying to get one of those outcomes to happen.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I
3: don't think he knows enough about um, about what's going on with the particulars of the school to for it to be yeah. anything else.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, before Angelus goes, though, he basically says, like, I'm going to kill Buffy. I'm going to come back here. I'm going to fuck Drusilla.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, nothing <laughs> visa. a... <laughs> Nothing beats falling up a homicide with a good old-fashioned
0: banging. Okay, here's our weekly what-the-fuck wiki. <laughs> so, the wiki's weird, uh, as it is written by fans, and sometimes just the way things are phrased in the plot description is just... I would like, like
2: to think that it's like one fan writing <laughs> those sentences that stick out, and it's me. Uh, but, um... You couldn't write anything that good. Uh <laughs> ah! That was actually really mean, and even
0: though I didn't mean it, I still apologize for it. It's okay. I'll just say something hurtful to you later. You've already done that!
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: So, as Angelus, uh, basically after his threat to fuck Drusilla, it says, Tears just about pool up in Spike's eyes as Angel holds Drusilla tight against him and caresses her. (laughs) wow did you see tears I don't I don't remember tears I remember like seething rage if I say I
2: want your body now would you hold <laughs> it against me oh my god um did so back at <laughs> Oh my God!
3: Sorry.
0: Back at Buffy's house,
3: somewhere the fan that's listening to the podcast that wrote that sentence is
0: like, "Fuck you! (laughs) (laughs) We love you, we love you, (laughs) you fan, and we appreciate you." No, that is like some of my favorite moments on the on this whole podcast is the wiki reading. (laughs) (laughs) So back at Buffy's house, um, I I think we need to address like the, the 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 elephant in the room. Joyce not being there? No. Not that. She's she's at the gallery. Oh doing she her belly shot. Doing her belly shot. <laughs> I need, we need to talk about the weird ass way Cordelia eats a cracker. I don't think I noticed that. Oh, I think the only thing I noticed. Thing the cracker, I could notice. But... She's got a, throughout the whole scene, she's got a cracker. Yeah. And she like every time she goes to Pinterest, she takes like the tiniest nibble. That, that just Kind of makes well, me she look, had all
2: those carbs from the snake spaghetti well, earlier in the day. Honestly,
0: it was making me think that maybe Cordelia or Charisma had to eat like eight thousand crackers, yeah. and at this point, she was just that's like, Fuck. Natural, or maybe right?
2: she doesn't trust food anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that Actually, would be, that would have turned into a beetle. That
3: would be such a funny like character choice to make.
0: Like, <laughs> she is taking the tiniest little rat bites out of them. And actually, I do like that. I like the idea that she's really untrustworthy, even on Cracker. You know how, like, like, you have food poisoning, and just, like, the idea of food is awful, but you have to eat something, so you have a saltine and you just nibble at it? Same, but the Hellmouth version. Yeah. So, um... This is where they... Kind of decided this is James's ghost, um, and this was where they had that discussion on forgiveness that we talked about. And Buffy and mercy, is yeah. not fucking having it. She's like, "No, I'm not going to do it. I he hurt someone in a fit of passion and wasn't thinking, and he's selfish and all this." And she storms off. And then, Cordelia says, "Wow, overidentified much," <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is both hilarious and true. <laughs> um and then
2: we get to like as and this episode has had a lot of really good stuff in it but this is like the reason that i absolutely love this episode this next um, sequence
0: this sequence is the reason angel the show exists yeah um, I, mean, I knew that uh ben told me that actually yeah yeah um joss whedon was so impressed with david borianna's in this particular sequence that that's when they were like okay we're gonna he can hold a show he can hold a show and it's like it's kind of, isn't it kind of fucked up that you've got these two great performances and only one of those actors gets their own show out of it <laughs> <laughs> joke obviously Sarah Michelle Geller already had her own show um, it's you this know, one know <laughs> it's funny
3: I haven't seen that episode since I learned that trivia and it's amazing to me because having watched it this time you really don't see angels perform, or you really don't see David Boreanaz's side of that moment very yeah.
0: much. It cut. It cuts to grace a lot.
3: Yeah, and and I and I wondered like if you know the way TV's made, if Joss Whedon just saw it and we didn't, you know, and that was like the thing that yeah. made him. I that.
1: would be
0: willing to bet. Um, there's another episode later in the series that employs a similar trick of. Um, uh, same scene, two actors, like, um, oh, incidentally. Season, season seven? Season seven, Yeah, incidentally, one of my least favorite. But um, I, I know in that episode, they filmed each actor doing the whole doing scene. the whole scene. I assume that's what happened in uh, this one. You, that's yeah. the only thing that makes yeah. sense,
3: and you just edit it.
0: Right, you edit yeah. it. And I, I bet, that there were several no- moments I noticed, like, um, when uh, Grace runs off, you only see Grace running and she does a very, um,
1: like, I don't like saying this,
0: but it's a very kind of feminine run yeah. that I would be willing to bet David Boreanna is probably like either cop- didn't
3: do or didn't want to yeah. have shown. Yeah.
0: Or, oh, see, I was just thinking like he did do it because I imagine they probably filmed Grace and James first and like if I were doing I would film them first and then have Sarah and David studying that and kind mm-hmm. of so copying my, it but it might it might look a little silly to see David Morienes, who is six foot 11 yeah. like
2: doing like, uh, one, that run. one of my uh, Actually, uh, it's, it's not a big strike, but it is a strike I think they I feel like in this sequence which we're about to go into um, shows the James and Grace stuff a little too much because I was thinking like, they're showing a lot of this, and I actually kind of would have liked maybe shorter flashes so that we could see, like, more, more of it. David and Sarah doing it. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's just because I love both of them. I, I agree, but I also... I, I also get it... One, it helps orient you. Yeah. Um, because I do think the episode primes us, as we kind of discussed earlier, it primes us to expect... Buffy to take on the Grace role, Mm -hmm. and Angel to take on the James role, and then they switch it unexpectedly, and it makes sense, but it is, um, uh, because our society is so gendered, um, uh, they, um, I think it is helpful to have those flashes to orient you to where you are. But
2: I also think it is... I'm I'm not against the flashes, but I just feel like there's a little too much of them.
0: I think the other side of it is they show more... And I I agree with you. Actually, I also would prefer to have seen more of, um, of, uh, of Buffy and Angel... But I think the other side of it is that we've already seen so much of Buffy and Angel. Oh, yes. fair enough. So they want us to see more of James and Grace Because they are the less developed characters, just by nature of only being in this yes, episode. Yes, I was
3: about to say, I actually like it exactly the way it is. And that's because it is their moment, and not Buffy and Angel's mm-hmm. moment. That makes and, a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's the only time... It's like the most important thing to happen to both of them in both their lives... And it kills them. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think to underplay that moment for them uh, just doesn't make sense dramatically or narratively. And I I do. I mean, there is a side of me that wishes I could see the Buffy and Angel Mm -hmm. side without any interruptions and just see what that looked like.
0: I want to see it more for David and Sarah than for Buffy and Angel.
3: Well, you know, the performance side. Yeah. I, I that I am curious about that. But I think from a, a narrative standpoint, it, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And I think they, they did right by both things, in my opinion. Like, you have a good balance of, like, seeing them perform in this, like, really interesting and kind of groundbreaking, honestly,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, like, moment. And then also getting that narrative, like, dramatic hit from... Having, I mean, you've been building up to it this whole time for the, these yeah. two dead characters. Yeah. So I, um, I don't know, I just thought it was really masterfully done. I wouldn't yeah. change
2: it. Well, we've been like tiptoeing around the actual like <laughs> description of it, but uh, Buffy goes into the, uh, goes back into the
0: school, mm-hmm. the uh, wasp part. forever. That her. is cool. I love the wasp part. I mean, the CGI is dodgy as shit, but I, I love just the idea that that um, they want her there. They want her there. Yes, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, uh, but, like they right. need somebody to like continue the mm-hmm.
2: continue the playthrough.
0: And but I think it's he wants her specifically.
2: It, everyone else has, I, I guess it, it would we'll, make sense because like she has seen him and she seemed like oh he stopped. She stopped at one time mm-hmm. and uh, she like did the whole exorcism thing. Yeah. They
3: talk in the in the scene where they're. Where everyone's like Buffy, you're wrong. You know, like you need to forgive. This guy deserves forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Like they, um, I, th- I think they establish they do establish that he wants he wants the cycle to end. Yeah, he wants forgiveness, and I think um, he senses. And again, this is there's a little more evidence, but again, this is maybe a nice thought. On <laughs> but do um, you have good nice thoughts? There's a, I think there's a sense from. Him, from James that she feels the same way Mm -hmm. about something else, but they're, they're they're, definitely kindred kindred spirits. spirits. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) What a
0: phrase to like accidentally say at the same time.
3: Uh, But no, like I, I think he senses that and it's like, maybe she's the one that will like, uh, maybe this is like somehow this one she'll understand. Yeah. Um,
0: which is so funny, because... She's the one that's like, no! Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, and also, like, he's he's been, like, when he's been playing out the scenarios, it, it is him desperately pleading to another, like, female character. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you have to understand. I love you. now he's just like, oh, you have to understand, like, this is why it happened. Yeah.
0: And... You know, I, I do think their earlier possessions were were gendered. They they just did it because like here is a man, here's a woman. Mm-hmm. This was the first time they found a pair of people that weren't just a man and woman. They were, I mean, they were random before. It was, I mean, yes, the first pair was an actual couple. They were mm-hmm. together, but they didn't have anything in common with with James and Grace. The second pair. Didn't have anything in common with each other. Yeah, there was nothing, there was no connection. They were just random bystanders. <laughs> this,
3: I, I think that there was a, see, I don't think it was, that was random. Because I, I thought about that and I was like, why did they choose them? And I wondered if there was like a infatuation, infatuation that just never gone anywhere mm. between, um, like, why would she know his name? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, mm. she could be just a nice person yeah. and, and know the janitor's name
0: but we don't really get a lot of characterization out of those right but that again i I did have that thought i was like
3: i was like i wondered if i wonder if the spirits sense that that there's like a Mm -hmm. an attraction between them
0: that's interesting i i had not thought of of Mm -hmm. that i i thought they were just jumping into the most convenient (laughs) yeah there's only people
3: and it but it begs the question too like how often does this happen and like and no one's around for it or you know what i, I mean? think
0: it i mean the times we see it it always happens later mm-hmm. it, it's always evening so i'm presuming it's happening around the time, the the time, time that it actually happened. happened and it's spurred on by the sadie hawkins dance like i think i i'm guessing this is my head that this is the first time the school has had a sadie hawkins dance since then since then and that makes make sense, because that was a what, pretty traumatic yeah, thing. Yeah, that, that's what awakened the spirit, or, you know, because we don't, at no point in this episode do they go, oh yeah, there's this, like, this weird thing every year where there's a the Sadie Hoppins we... dance, some guy shoots his girlfriend, like, <laughs> in the same exact spot at the yeah. same exact time. No, that makes sense. So, yeah, I think it's definitely specific trauma that got triggered and um, and is recreating itself.
3: Yeah. well, that that's my theory with the janitor and the the
0: teacher. Yeah,
2: yeah. uh, Buffy, like Buffy's inside the school. The Scoobies are waiting outside, and Giles makes the like they're like, "Oh, is she in trouble?" Giles makes the comment like, "Well, there's no man to uh, in there to actually uh, take part in the in the the scenario." And
0: even the Scoobies at this point are assuming that we're gonna stick with our gender roles. Mm -hmm. Yes,
2: and then. Uh, Buffy's just kind of like looking around mm-hmm. and she sees Angelus. And uh, he says, Oh, yeah, wasps don't have a thing for the undead. and But like Buffy's already in the scenario. Yeah. And she's saying the lines. and That's when you start to realize, Wait a minute, those lines that she's saying are James's lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like at first Angel's just like, The fuck? A- Angelus is just like, <laughs> She's like, uh, Oh, I loved you. He's like, like, uh, I don't want to be hurt by you or something like that. He's like, oh, I'm going to hurt you. And, like, he keeps, like, walking towards her. Then when he gets, like, super close to her, David Boreanaz does what David Boreanaz does and, like, switches immediately Mm -hmm. into a, a side of that character we haven't seen since Surprise. Yeah. Like, he's been he's been like full on asshole yeah. <laughs> dick and yeah like he's been rocking those leather pants but uh, oh <laughs> but yeah, yeah like and so it, it's honestly like a lot yeah. like everything about the scene is jarring like not only do you realize oh he is Grace she is James mm-hmm. but also this is like he she is Buffy and
0: he is Angel. Yeah, like, like,
2: yeah, it's like, like, it's almost like Angelus isn't there anymore. Yeah, uh, well, he isn't there anymore, and uh, so the scenario plays out with Buffy having the the ghost gun yeah. and shooting Angelus.
0: Um, I need to just, I, I need to express my appreciation for Sarah Michelle Geller's delivery of the word bitch, like. It, that, the way they do it you see James deliver the don't walk away from me and then we get a very fast cut to Buffy yelling bitch and I I think with poorer editing poorer acting it could have come across as really cheesy but it doesn't it is it's ah, ah. <laughs> and also like
2: <laughs> also when you when you hear it it's I don't think, like, when James says it, he means that, like, as hatred. He's, like, lost in his passion. Mm -hmm. Like, he would never call Grace a bitch. Um, And uh, so it's, like, a really hard thing to play because it's so easy. Like, just saying bitch now, like, it just makes me feel like either I'm really mad at one of you or I'm just Jesse Pinkman and I just
0: (laughs) say it whenever. Well,
3: I think you have to remember the time period, too. I think, like... For 1955,
0: that would have been very strong. That yeah. would have that
3: would have been like the worst thing. Like, I think in that kind of prime, like primal moment of I am angry and I'm angry at a woman. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this is like a lack that, of another
3: word. That, a is, like, that is like the worst thing I can say to you. Yeah.
0: And we talked about that. Uh, was it bewitched, bothered, and bewildered? Where. Uh, Cordelia, well or Willow under the love spell calls Cordelia a bitch. Yeah, we we talked about that. Uh, the word use the show obviously can use the word bitch, but uses it sparingly and very specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, because like this is a this is a feminist yes. series, and, and um, it kind of reminds me of the way BoJack uses like fuck uses fuck like only once 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 a a season season. and it's gonna be at your like highest emotional climax you know buffy doesn't have such a strict rule but it it, that is a yeah it's it's a it's an the word is as we, we talked about uh if you're using the word uh, again, if, you, or if you're calling a man a bitch, you're typically saying he's acting like a woman. And if you're using calling a woman a bitch, you're usually saying she's acting like a man. So it, it, there's a lot of misogyny just in the word. So um, I, I think the show, the way the show uses it is, is smart. And in this moment, I am very effective. Speaking of smart. Also, that's his teacher. You don't call it, a teacher a bitch.
2: Speaking of smart, I think, like, when you realize that Buffy is James and Angel is Grace, you um, are probably thinking, like, why on earth did they do that? And it isn't clear at first until Buffy shoots Angel. Mm-hmm. Angel falls off. And then, like, we know that the next part is going to the music room. Buffy going to the music room killing herself. But then you wait. Then you realize, wait a minute, Angel's a vampire. The bullet's not going to kill him, and so then he comes in to in the scenario in the loop, and the that loop,
0: is brilliant. In the loop, in the way that I, I think both parties originally wish they could have ended it. Yes. They get the yeah. ending, not the ending they got, but the ending they wish. Before we get to that, though, I I, I just want to touch upon briefly. We've talked a lot about how Buffy relates to James. I think it's really important that we also talk about how Grace relates to Angel, being the older one in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Being a, um, in this case, Grace was a teacher in a relationship with one of her students.
2: And Angel is a vampire in a relationship with the Slayer. Yeah. And, and like we've, and we said and a mentor,
0: and a mentor, yeah. yeah, definitely. And
2: we said in surprise, like uh, when Angel tells, like right before they do the no pants dance, um, he uh, he said, "I'm sorry, that, like I just <laughs> broke like the serious tone that we had." Um, Wait, fuck. He does say, uh, he does say, like, "I love you," I know I shouldn't, mm-hmm. and like, look at what's on display here,
0: yeah. Um, I, I, don't have a lot more to say about that other than just, like, the, the parallel is not one-sided. It's not no. just on Buffy's side. Obviously, that's the side we see most, but... And it's really interesting yeah. that, uh...
3: Well, I mean... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say,
2: like, the first things that Buffy is saying to Angel while Buffy is James and Angel's still in Jealous, um... Could easily be things that Buffy
3: has wanted to say mm-hmm. if, oh, if yeah.
2: Angel was actually there, like Absolutely. if Angel could actually like sympathize with her anymore.
3: Um, what I was going to say earlier um, when we when we were talking about um, I I was afraid we were going to get like too far ahead, and I was going to ruin like some of the, <laughs> the the twist the twist stuff, so I just didn't talk about it. Is that um, the teacher? I mean, I almost blame, almost blame Grace more than I blame James. Um, just, I, just because yes, James is the one that pulls the trigger on a gun mm-hmm. and kills people, but Grace theoretically is an adult. Yeah, and she is um, teaching. She is his teacher. She has the power in the relationship, mm-hmm. and. Um, everything that happens is a result of her not giving away that power or giving it away too late.
1: Yeah.
3: And, um, I think that a lot can be said about angel because angel, I mean, angel knows about his curse. Um, and angel, um, like you said, angel is the much older person, um, is also a mentor is, in this taboo relationship with Buffy as a vampire and her being the slayer. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's an argument to be made that really angel, angel is more at fault for everything that's happening because, and it's, and it's a commentary on like, you know, the things of course that we do for love and we don't think about, you know, we, we do do things anyway because we love someone. Yeah. And, um, whether that works out tragically or not is just depends, I guess. But but no, that that just goes that just goes to show like how well written this is. Yeah, I agree.
0: And I, no, I I totally agree with your point. Um, as much as Buffy is blaming herself, y- yeah, and Angel. I mean, ultimately, I think the argument is is that. That we see, what we have seen, is that Angel should have been more responsible in his relationship with Buffy, mm-hmm. but because of how the this plays out, Buffy is the one who ends up with all of the guilt, mm-hmm. which is also just like that feels very real, like a yeah, credit incredible... indicative,
2: indicative of like those kind of relationships. That yeah, you're having, it, like how many. How many women are in abused relationships? But when people like try to talk to them about it, so they're like, "No, no, it was it was my fault. I shouldn't but, have provoked him. Yeah,
0: I shouldn't have. Yeah, so
3: I shouldn't have made him love me. So we had sex, and that he was so happy that he stole right? away. Yeah, you know, her- normal shit
0: that happens every day. <laughs> so, um, Grace in Angel's body comes to James in Buffy's body. Right? Is uh, they are about to the trigger on the gun and grace um basically grace forgives him she um to your point i think one thing i would have liked to have seen in the scene if i like one thing i would fix about it is of grace to have given him an apology mm-hmm. Obvi- you know obviously james shot her he yeah. bought a gun and I I think there's also something to be said about male anger at Mm -hmm. rejection and the violence that can come from that but um, but it's also important that we if if don't be like James be
2: like Ben at the beginning of the episode
0: yeah if this relationship were between two students and the of the same age and you know the same power structure and she broke up with him and he shot her you know absolutely that's that's a total different dynamic not and I'm I, I, I wanna I don't want to be I don't want to like excuse that sort of violence and but it's also important to discuss the the power dynamics that were to display and the inappropriateness of that relationship mm-hmm. um, so I, I wish we I, I wish the episode had grappled that a little more in this these final moments between James and Grace but regardless, the two of them come to they find peace and Based on the special effects that we get, (laughs) uh, move on because (laughs) it's a very bright white light. Bright white light. (laughs) Um, And it leaves Buffy and Angel kissing. It's a sloppy kiss, too. Uh huh. And um, I actually think,
2: like, the one one thing that I remember clearly over anything else in this episode from the last time I watched it was, like, I remember when, like, Sarah Michelle Geller's breaking away from David Boreanaz, and there's, like, a little, like, line of... Line <laughs> of troll. Yeah. No, I didn't notice that. No, like, you're gonna notice it from now on whenever you watch this, so <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, no, I always remember, like, man, that was a sloppy kiss. Yeah. Like, that was, like, pre-surprise sloppy kiss <laughs> right
0: there. Um, so, they break out of their possessions angelus is like pissed, repulsed he shoves her away and flees um, which i think is very interesting like there she's in a very vulnerable moment at that point i, I think he could have easily killed her mm-hmm. but i think we see he's also like this event shook him as well like he just needs to well get
3: remember
2: what there. remember what he said when he first lost his soul and like uh said that he wanted to torture Buffy to spike and Drusilla. He's like, she made me feel again. Mm-hmm. And like, and I can't excuse that.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. No, I think it's literal. It, it just is literal anathema to him. Like, mm-hmm. it's like this. There, I don't know. It's like a foreign body mm-hmm. in him. Like, I mean, I know literally, but I was also, <laughs> I was also speaking like figuratively, like it's a, Disease that's corrupted him. And I think he, I think he literally just can't be there anymore. Like I can't. I, this, like I can't. Do I? I need to cleanse. Like I, I think mm-hmm. it's very practical. Yeah. Like I. Well, oh, we see him cleanse. Yeah, 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 we do. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, we, do. we have the return
2: of the angel nips.
3: <laughs> but, but that's, but that's what I think. I think he literally needed to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I think he couldn't. He just couldn't be there anymore.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, so to close out the episode, we get we get a scene with Buffy and Giles. Um, the whole gang are disappointed that they have to go back to school because it's now snake and wasp free. Um, <laughs> There's still plenty of wasps. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: because it's California.
0: Um, but I think we see this experience has helped Buffy heal a little. Um, mm-hmm. I think she finds an empathy for James and an empathy for herself that she didn't have before. Uh, Angelus does not have that same experience. We see him, uh, shirtless, <laughs> scrubbing himself. Sorry, where was I? Uh, <laughs> I do want to say, um,
2: I think this puts Buffy in the, finally in the place where she needs to be because obviously we're near the end of the season Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's leading up to the Angel Buffy like confrontation and uh I think this finally puts her in the place that she needs to be to defeat him I because well I was just gonna say like because the death of Jenny Callender um like I I guess so after innocence happened she was shook um Mm -hmm she's like oh he's gonna be like this thing that I have to get over death of Jenny Calendar she's like okay I have to kill him and this makes her realize I can't completely leave all the feelings that I have Mm -hmm. behind I have to like I know that like one of my weaknesses is going to be able to like if I'm about to kill him then I'm going to see him as the person that I loved so if she uses that as like a weapon and not a crutch Mm -hmm. then um like it makes her ready.
0: I also think part of what Buffy needed to be ready for that was forgiving herself. Mm-hmm. I think that was the last step she needed to take. Mm-hmm. I think we got, we got um, the, uh, it's actually kind of interesting. We, we're getting kind of some of the stages of grief. We got, we definitely got that grief and mourning in innocence uh, and passion gave her anger over jenny calendar's death but forgiving herself i think is that final step of like acceptance acceptance of like okay
2: this is how the world is now and this is how i have to yeah this is what i have to face
0: um so angelus is upset he feels violated by this he's scrubbing himself clean uh drusilla says hey we should go kill the kid like, that'll make you feel better. <laughs> she,
3: she literally says toddler. She says toddler!
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I think Angela says, like, I need a really vile kill. And Drusilla's like, how about a toddler? <laughs> yeah, just like, we'll like, find like, you well, a nice toddler. Well, yeah.
2: Yeah, you, you kill a baby, they're not really aware that something bad's happening to them. But you kill a toddler, they're like, oh my god, this isn't right.
3: <laughs> oh, I think, I think babies are, like, the top. The tops. Like, they're
0: is definitely later in the series a um there you know that trope that's like if you're so evil kill this puppy like yeah. they, there's definitely there's a literal if you're so evil kill this baby moment and well, i'll just leave it at that
3: well it's <laughs> like um i mean if you look at a lot of vampire lore the idea is that the more innocent the person the better, t- they, better taste. they taste yeah so babies and general are considered to be pretty innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why they taste pretty good. Hard disagree, but... Generally. <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
0: How was the last baby you ate? Ugh, I don't eat babies. I hate babies. <laughs> I like veal. <laughs> I do like <laughs> Um So as they leave to go kill a toddler, <laughs> um, this is where we get our last big moment of this episode. Um, Spike stands up.
2: Kicks the wheelchair. Kicks son. the
0: wheelchair. Um, presumably, the fact that he stands up so quickly, where I'm at least led to believe this is not the f- like he's been able to stand and has not needed that wheelchair. Yeah, for a while. Oh blah, yeah, blah, and is faking it. Um, and he is ready to fucking jealous his shit up. I mean he's probably pissed like damn it one of them should
2: have killed the other <laughs> neither happened. <laughs> damn it
0: um so yeah so that is I Only Have Eyes For You uh the song uh music, just talk music real quick that song I Only Have Eyes For You is a pretty famous song by the Flamingos um and it's creepy as shit and I don't know if I think it's creepy because my first probably like, because of this episode but yeah my association <laughs> of that song was this episode but like I don't know that, but it,
2: the first thing it conjures into my mind is like, a it's like a slow dance at a fifties, like uh, yeah. high school dance. I mean, which within reason. Uh, yeah. No. And like, that's why it like works that's so well. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, how this old is- are you? Vin? <laughs> so I, this is just
0: some, something I just learned based on the Buffy wiki. Uh, the song, I Only Have Eyes For You, also fe- briefly featured in the theatrical trailer for The Grudge 2, huh. featuring Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Michelle, Michelle Gellar. Gellar. She, she dies is. in the beginning. Spoiler alert, it's for The Grudge 2. <laughs> now you don't have to watch it. I mean, don't. Watch, <laughs> watch the first, and also watch the original Japanese, but other than that, you're good. I haven't seen the most recent one, though.
3: I heard that was actually
0: pretty good. See, I've, I've heard from... General audiences that it was really really awful, but I've heard from some horror fans whose opinions I trust mm-hmm. that it's not. So I haven't seen it yet, so that's all sample up. Cool. Um, do you all? I don't really have any trivia or anything like that for this episode. Yeah, we, we've laid down a lot of trivia already. Yeah, I, everything I, I had to say, we've we've mentioned. Do you all have anything else to say about the episode before we before we get out of here? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, so, I'm going to give this episode 5 out of 5 flamingos. I'm going to give this episode
2: 5 out of 5 ghost guns or spooking guns. Okay.
3: Do I get to rate? Yeah. yeah, of okay. course. 5 out of 5 spaghetti snakes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Love that. Yes!
0: Um, so, listeners, we... Um, we realized earlier that we accidentally did not do our drinking game last week. Uh, we, we we toyed around with doing it at the beginning for uh, a killed by death one at the beginning of this episode, but we anticipated this episode being kind of long, and we're currently which it, it is two hours plus some change so <laughs> um so we decided not to but all we, the best episodes of the <laughs> long ones they are we have a lot to talk about like yeah. they're,
2: they're jam-packed and we have another amazing voice
0: um so we will we're we're we we will do our drinking game for this episode though so sorry that you didn't get one for killed by death maybe later um so You can just drink water during <laughs> during Kill by Death. Dilute your uh, your one hundred percent of a disease with water. <laughs> uh Ben, would you like to lead our drink what is your drinking game rules? Or would you like to go last so you have a chance to think about it? Oh, them?
3: I honestly hadn't I honestly hadn't thought about it. Um I mean obviously I think the first the first thing is any time, I mean, you should you should have to take take a drink anytime uh, one of the reenactments happens. Okay. Uh, I mean, clearly. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Um, I mean, anytime Willow comes in full power bottom. <laughs> power top. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm drawing in a little.
1: Too much personal stuff. Whoa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right then. <laughs>
3: but no, um, yeah, power power top Willow. Anytime she says okay. anything.
0: Willow Power Week, baby. Yeah. All right. Jason, what's your uh, drinking this week? Since I mentioned it earlier in the episode,
2: uh, anytime uh, Angel makes makes an ableist comment towards Spike. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like you've used that for like a couple of episodes
1: this season. (laughs) Oh my God. Since you
0: actually counted them out, I'm going to save that one. (laughs) All right. Um, So I'm going to say take a drink every time. Angelus stares directly into Spike's eyes while insinuating he's fucking Drusilla, or like fingering her, (laughs) or like (laughs) like, yeah, or or staring at Spike anytime Angelus is actively fingering Drusilla. (laughs) It's honestly
2: hard to tell because there could be like nobody around Drusilla, and she'd be
3: like, oh. oh." David, ew! She's <laughs> figured... having a vision of the future.
0: Finger.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, I bet your like actual orgasms are a bit of a letdown.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. Um, so, do you all have anything else to say about this episode? I you like, we've... no, really, really great
2: episode. And like you said before, one of the ones that's not talked about enough. No. Mm-hmm. So just... Oh,
3: gay agenda. Um, oh yeah.
0: Just so we haven't done gay agenda in a while because of my straight co-host. <laughs> <laughs> jason i'm sorry your face you just look so hurt apologies i <laughs> um, mean like I, I am straight but like I, it's i'm a little gay you don't have to use it as a, you don't have to use it as an insult <laughs> <laughs> um but with been back on we thought we might revive gay agenda uh briefly so w- what is your gay agenda this week
3: um so gay agenda is the gender switch mm. In the the final reenactment with Angelus and Buffy. And the reason I wanted to make it a gay agenda is that I think as queer people, um, we grapple with our inner um, femininity or Mm -hmm. masculinity as the, you know, as the case may be. Um, And I think, I don't know, it's just really nice to see on screen, especially for the time a not a non explicitly LGBTQ show actually take that yeah. step and have um, you know have a, a male ghost possess a female human and yeah and you know and vice versa
0: and focus heavily on their shared experiences not their gender
3: yeah so, so yeah I think I think that's pretty cool
0: um, my gay agenda is also, Angel staring deep into Spike's eyes, <laughs> while insinuating he's gonna fuck Drusilla because he's also wants to fuck Spike. Oh, and yeah, once like, again, I've, I've done the
1: <laughs> I can listen. <laughs>
0: You got a J, you got a butthole, I got two hands, let's do something. Well, fingering. Well, now I got that E on, on this I episode. We had that E I know. Ago. I just like saying that. Right. <laughs> um So, yeah, fingering.
1: <laughs>
0: um, all right. Oh, um, can I just say is the gay
2: agenda... This episode, no, no. This episode made me learn exactly what power
0: bottoms and power tops are. There you go. Mission accomplished. <laughs> we can. That's the end of the podcast, folks. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been nice having you on here. All right. Um, are you all ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. <laughs> we will be back. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be back next week uh, <laughs> we'll with back. Go Fish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll be Australian <laughs> all next week just to make things interesting. <laughs> uh, we'll be back. I'm Jason. You
2: can find me on Instagram and Twitter at yamijay357 j 357.
0: I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F M A N and I'm hilarious.
3: I am Ben. <laughs> <laughs> ben, <laughs> yeah. Um, pretty much all of my online personas, other than my Facebook, obviously, like, um, are at Lunar Crescendo. Um, That's Last name.
0: Thank
1: you. Yeah.
3: Um, it's. I think I think it, you can you can spell it, but L U N A R C R E S <laughs> C E N D O. Um, that's my, that Lunar name name <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's my Twitter and my Instagram. And, um, uh, it's also like pretty much all my gaming profiles too, if anyone wants to do that.
0: So, you do you me. have anything you want to plug or anything like that? Uh,
3: no, but, um, I am going to be in a production of Grey Gardens coming up. Pretty I am soon. so excited. I am really excited about that. Uh, rehearsal starts for that in a week or two so please um i think it actually goes up in april so please go see that it's with the chicken coop theater company they're a new theater company in town this is their first season it's going to be out at the Mex, which is the black box theater at the kentucky center for the performing arts downtown oh, what yeah that's where i work that's where harrison works. <laughs> but anyway so yeah go see that when it's time otherwise i don't really have anything else going on
1: well
2: all right, you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at booze and buffy that's and spelled out a and d and d or you can email us at booze at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you
0: yeah um maybe you'll get a shout out on the episode <laughs> matt did <laughs> yeah you can also find us on youtube we will release a short video with each episode where we discuss spoilers that you can't we can't talk about on the podcast and also, please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera. Each week, we like to give a shout out to a
2: worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Established in 1987, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, or AFSP, is a voluntary health organization that gives those affected by suicide a nationwide community empowered by research, education, and advocacy to take action against this leading cause of death. AFSP is dedicated to saving lives and bringing hope to those affected by suicide. AFSP creates a culture that's smart about mental health by engaging in the following core strategies. Funding scientific research, educating the public about mental health and suicide prevention, advocating for public policies in mental health and suicide prevention, supporting survivors of suicide loss and those affected by suicide in our mission. Visit AFSP.org for more information.
3: was oh, only two years before the episode. <laughs> I didn't... No, no, I wanted
1: to make that joke, but I didn't want to make it
0: while I was in the middle of this no, very that's, serious thing. That's
1: why I was waiting for you to finish. <laughs> it's fair. Um,
0: and actually, just a fun fact. Not a fun fact, just a fact. Um, this episode, after it aired as we discussed earlier, there was a little TSA after the episode that Sarah Michelle Gellar did um, about suicide awareness. Um, so... I, I, I like that. Even in nineteen ninety eight, um, they they recognized that this episode was dealing with a serious topic on the topic of suicide and, and wanted to provide an outlet for that. Um, I
3: it's probably the only, the only way the network let them depict oh, that almost
0: certainly. But just I, I find suicide a subject that is frequently not discussed or portrayed in a Um, Yes, Mm -hmm. a responsible manner. I agree. So, um, thirteen reasons why. What? Thirteen reasons why. Well, (laughs) yeah. Um, So, I I appreciate that they recognized that even though within the episode there wasn't necessarily a lot of dealing with that. Um, I mean, there was, but there also wasn't. I I like that they provided resources at the end of it. So, um, and I and I do want to say, like, uh, we for
2: us here at Booz and Buffy, um, obviously, like. We stress if you're feeling bad about anything, and you even start to contemplate possibly taking your own life. Just from us, we're telling you don't do it because you, we, you're worth it. We already know because you're listening to an awesome podcast, but also you're you're just worth it. Every human life is worth something, and uh, be sure to like the suicide hotline exists. I don't know what the number is off the top of my head. But, i'll put it um, in the show notes yeah but like just know that you are not alone we when we, when i say we love you we really do love you and you are loved
1: all
0: right well ben thank you for joining us this week thanks for having me um so uh do i get
3: to come back uh, I ca- I ca- can- um
0: you are always welcome back any episode you want to come back okay Just for the fact of it, not as an apology. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Alright, so
1: from all of us here at Booze and Buffy, go slay and be gay! Bye!